Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Talk episode 68. Happy New Year's. Today is New Year's Day, so I hope 2024 is going to be a great one for all of you. 2023 was a down year. 2024 is your year, I promise. 2023 was a great year. We're we're just going to keep it rolling into 2024 with a good year ahead. Today, we got a solid episode, not super packed, but it's going to be a very fun one because we got a Ferrari review. All three of us have seen it. Of course, George is unable to join us this week, but he should be back next week, I believe. And then we're doing the Real Talk Awards nominations, so... Very hyped for these. We have 20 award categories. We all worked very hard this week, took way longer than I expected, to compile our nominee lists, to compile all four of our votes. So that even though George isn't here this week, he's, his all his nominations are very much into account for the nominations you're going to see today. We have 20 award categories. We're going to reveal those at the end of the episode today. And then in the description down below, you'll see the voting ballot for, for you to be able to submit your vote. If you're a Patreon member, you're going to get an extra weight for your voting. So the ballots we're going to send out, everyone's going to be able to see them on Twitter. You can vote for, uh, you know, Twitter and Instagram will show for the voting ballot for the Real Talk Awards. But for patrons, you're going to get a special voting ballot that's separate from those on Patreon. That's going to be a little more voting weight. So if you want to be a Patreon, go check it out in the links down below. Tons of awesome stuff there. We have a Discord that everyone loves. It's super, super active. Um, do watch-alongs in there for movies. We do movie raffles where we all suggest each other movies to watch. I'm a little behind on mine because I've been just trying to cram in all these 2023 releases at the end of the year. But ton of fun in the Discord. So go check that out to get some more voting weight on the Real Talk Awards because we are going to be combining our votes as hosts, the audience votes in terms of all our social media, as well as our patrons are going to be ultimately who's voting on these nominees we're going to reveal later today. But with that being said, let's dive into the episode. we got Ferrari and Real Talk nominations. How we've been doing, Seth? Happy New Year! Even though I know it's December thirtieth for us, but how, how's it going? Yeah, good. Um, getting a bit like restless now because I kind of just want to be back working. You know what I mean? It feels like every day is a Sunday, and I'm just like patiently waiting to, to do something again. Um, but it's been nice having some time off. You know, I had a, had a when was the last time we spoke? Uh, six days ago, or yeah. maybe no. We we did before, our no, no, review before, this week. I don't even know, man. This is no, crazy. before Christmas, last time we spoke. Um, yeah. Had a nice Christmas, saw Anna's family, saw my family, had a chill on, watched a lot of films. Obviously, I'm sure we'll be going over that in our, what we've been watching, but it's nice having some time off now and again. Um, just looking forward to kind of getting back into the routine, uh, mainly. Um, but yeah, like pr- pretty pretty standard, nothing really much to go over. Yeah, do you, you guys do anything special for Christmas or mostly just stayed put and just had a relaxing uh, day? Not really, because like, I think I mentioned to you guys, like we do like a, on my mom's side of the family, we do like the big celebration there like a few weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. So we did that like three weeks ago and then just saw Anna's side of the family, went to her dad's for Christmas dinner, which was nice. Um, saw her mom as well after. And then on Boxing Day, my mom came over here, which watched some films all day. Um, but yeah, nothing like nothing crazy, just a, just a chill one, really. So I know... Christmas Day is called Boxing Day often around there. I've also heard Stevens Day. Is that like what Irish people call it or is that just a different thing? I've, I've been hearing all different terms from across the world for what the so Stevens Day is St. Stevens Day. I think that's another even Stevens Day and you just praise the bean. <laughs> yeah, I still believe Stevens crazy. Um I think that's an Irish day. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, my I'm pretty sure it is. My stepmom's Irish, so I probably should know that. I think yeah. it is. I think it is. Uh, but yeah, but do you not call it Boxing Day? I think no, you did. Just Christmas. No, but it's not Christmas though. What what day is Boxing Day? Twenty sixth. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we don't we don't talk, but we don't we don't talk about Boxing Day. That's like a big thing here, like Boxing Day, because it's like when like the football comes back on. 
when like everyone goes out and stuff like that, that's like a big thing here. A lot of people like prefer Boxing Day than Christmas Day just because of how much goes back on and stuff and TV and shit like that. I mean, I'm not a football fan anymore, but it used to be a massive thing when I was. It's kind of weird. Yeah, interesting. Ours is like once the 26 hits, we just enter the void of nothing into New Year's and 26 is just kind of like a bummer of a day. Uh, that's the 27th like, for us. That's where it really hits. It's just like a depressing yeah. wait for, for New Year's again. Yeah. Cam, how was your Christmas? How was your week? Week was great. Uh, Christmas was great. Man, having a having having a kid during Christmas is just awesome. So much fun. He 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 he's yelling right now, so I'm not sure he's too happy about something. Um, but um, Christmas was great. Very very fun time. Um, uh, he we went to like every family's house, like I said last week. So they just every like Bailey got everything. I got a, I got a Lego. <laughs> building that right now yeah. yeah you told me right before we started what it was oh is that the r2d2 nice oh but that was expensive that they're, they're, they're i had a look at some of the day and it's crazy so shout out my mom for that love her love her dearly um very much appreciate it because i i'm i, I love legos even though how many pieces is it? Um, do they say on it because i thought they say on like the thing how many pieces yeah i think it does but seventy five thousand. Seventy five thousand or seventy five hundred. That, that's yeah, that's that, that's the number of the items. That's 70. the number of the that's the number of the thing. I'm oh, sure it is. okay, yeah, yeah. That'd be twenty three hundred. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's more real. I was about to say I'm excited to see that R two D two in twenty thirty two. They're small pieces, so I didn't like you know do the like. I don't know. I didn't, couldn't tell in my head. The mental. I want to buy the. Have you guys seen the the Rivendell the Fellowship one? The Lord of the Rings one. Yeah, I, I wanted to it. buy that. It's like five hundred pounds. I was like, yeah, oh, believe it. Oh, that's they're not crazy. Um, yeah, so I got that. Very excited. Um, I was up to like two a.m. Um, doing that last night, uh, which was just idiotic. Um, and and now I'm very tired. I slept through my alarm, so we started this a little late. Same. Um, but yeah, it was a great day. Uh, Bailey got a ball pit, and now he like oh, loves yeah. it. It's very fun. Yeah, <laughs> Have you right? said, it's all set up now because you were talking about how many freaking. Yeah, balls it's there. just like yeah, it, it a thousand was a good amount. I was probably you just uh, a thousand, and we just thought it was a hundred. I don't know, but we we're you should have recorded the episode in it. <laughs> yeah. You're you're not wrong. That would have been kind of fun, yeah, honestly. Cool. Um, but yeah, he he loves it, which is awesome because like he's not at the age where he necessarily cares about too many things he just likes like a you know if you give him a book he'll he'll be happy with that and yeah. if you give him like a toy he might like it but he might just not care for it um and by the end of it he was pretty done with like opening presents because he doesn't like fully understand it yet right so he opens the first one and that's what he wants and then you take it away and you give him another and he's like <laughs> i don't i don't care about this like give me that back and so he has like a meltdown for the first half and then he and then he figures it out especially like there's always a lot of, you know, people moving around and stuff. So he's distracted by that. But it, it, was, it was very good. It was a lot of fun. Um, and, and the nice thing, like Emma's family, like all they know about me or like all they know about me kind of is like, oh, he likes movies. He likes Star Wars. So I got like a bunch of random Star Wars stuff and I'm an idiot and I just love it all. So that's fantastic. Um, like that's like the only thing they attribute to me is like movies, Star Wars, and then maybe a golf thing here and here and there. Um, that's nice to have so like yeah. a brand identity though, because I feel like so yeah. many times, especially for like dudes at our age, it's like so many people are like, I have no clue what even to get you. Like, what yeah, do I yeah, they know I like Star Wars. They know I like movies. That's all they go off of, and it's perfect every year. Um, so great Christmas. Enjoyed seeing the family. It always gets like super stressful. We are basically late to every single Christmas. 
so like it evens out you know because then we were late we were late to the first then we were late to the next and then we were late to the next um just it's a good excuse though Can't yeah, really pull that off if you're yeah it is it's one of those where like we're packing up ready to go and then you know the kid gets into something and you know aunt and uncle are all all over it and loving on him and and playing with him and stuff and, and then we're on to the next one. Yeah, it, it was a really good time. Really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, Tyler, and I, I'm sure this happens in um, the UK as well, Seth, but uh, you know how, like, your trash comes the next day? Um, like, mm-hmm. when you have a holiday during like the week. Like, if it falls so, on the holiday. Yeah, yeah like, it, it comes the next day. So, I missed trash day this week. And, you know, this is, like, the worst week to miss trash day. Um, Does so, your trash okay. come once a week? Yeah. Does yours yeah. come more than Mine once? comes twice. It's kind of nice. Oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah, this is not work. We don't work like this. Well, you I don't, don't have like you don't. Have no, no. Like so a, I live in a. We do. But you live I, in an apartment, right? Yeah. I live in an apartment, so we have like a, a communal bin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't that's matter fair. if you miss it because everything that's just goes in there anyway. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That, that, those were the days. But I relate when I lived in my mom's. It was the same thing. Yeah. This this is complete trash fraud. So I don't know if I can say this on live on air. But when I lived in my old apartment, we had just like giant dumpsters throughout the community. So it was perfect. You could just throw your trash in there. And now every once in a while, if I have a really big item, I just drive back over there and dump it in there again i'm fairly confident that's like trash fraud but if i get if i get booked for trash fraud we're screwed Uh, the trash man's gonna get you yeah exactly but good week really really good week uh just very tired right now i'm seeing the iron claw tonight um and you're off this whole week right yeah off next week so got a lot of free time um to uh when do you take do you you set up a tree, right, Tyler and Seth? Yeah. Do you, you guys set up a tree? We've got a plastic you... tree. So it's yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Tree. That's Same nice. plastic, yeah. Okay, yeah, good for you guys. Get, Wait, I'm yours ready. is real? Yeah, we got it. Too, real... oh, uh... too messy. Too messy. They're Just not horrible. Uh, my family's always had a plastic tree. Like, I grew up with a plastic tree. Emma. Oh, you're up. Hello. Wow. Um, Emma, had, Emma had a real tree as a kid. So we, we get a real tree now. And we always say it'll be like, hi, bud um it, it'll like maybe two more years the good thing about the real tree is you can save it for like you can use it for like many christmases in a row no no no. the plastic tree you can't use a real tree many Christmases. can you not a real tree yeah no, no that shit's dead when do you guys take maybe. down your tree it's a good to have this week off because now i can take down the tree probably like the second week of january i would say yeah maybe. yeah yeah, yeah. So i feel like we'll anytime take... in january is acceptable i think riley just took our da- ours down yesterday so ours is already Ours is already cooked, but yeah. yeah. Give me one second. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. My week was pretty good. Um, Christmas didn't didn't really work much. I worked a couple days, but um, did Riley work? She did, didn't she? Yeah, she was working. She she had Christmas off, so that was nice. We just spent the whole day together. She worked Christmas Eve night, so like she worked that whole night up until like seven a.m. Christmas Day, and she just stayed up that whole day. So just kind of pulled like a twenty-four hour. Um, nice. But that was a really good day. I basically, uh, I got her some. Well, I did get her a Lego set, her first one ever. I got her the, the Hogwarts castle as her first one. Uh, oh, I was going to buy it for me, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big one. Um, and then yeah. she also got these kind of like book nook things that are like these DIY little like miniatures. Like one is of like ones of uh, Diagon Alley. And it's basically just like oh. a scale model that you put together like with super tiny like wands and books. And she's, is she's she a big one? Like I didn't know she was a big Harry fan. Big Harry. Yeah, person. I mean, she never really watched him until for the first time, like with me, like a year and a half or two years ago, and she's just a, really loved them ever since. So, um, yeah, nice. she she was just kind of sat all Christmas putting those together, just working 
on her little like miniature scale model thing and while she did that i just was watching a ton of films we were just like sitting on the couch together all day she was kind of doing her thing i was doing my thing it was was, was a solid day and then uh yeah now it's the the new year's coming up i I don't really know many big like new year's resolutions or goals or anything going in the new year but i at least want to plan some stuff out for like ideally some stuff i maybe want to try out in the new year that maybe i didn't for uh 2023 but bailey hello welcome to the podcast once again what's up He's happy to be here. He's he likes to play with my like uh, Xbox controller. So I have a I don't know Seth how often you like or how big into gaming you are. I have a uh, Very. gaming controller. So like it's I used to have one. And stuff. I used to have a you know the scuff ones. Yeah, scuff yeah, yeah. They used to have one of them. They yeah. they're well, expensive though. They're very um, expensive. I've had it for probably four or five years now. has they got the back paddles the ones yep. uh, yeah okay. so baby yeah, like I takes do. all the pieces off but i don't know where it's at right now but he's looking for it so, yeah he's, he's hanging out he's he's doing well now do you guys have any new year's resolutions for the new year like not maybe not resolutions uh, but like any big kind of like milestones you're trying to achieve in 2024 i don't really set them because i think that anyone who sets them just doesn't achieve them because that's the way new year's resolutions work but I don't know. I, I, it's weird. So my my goal is usually come in. I said this to Anna the other day. My goal is usually come in April because that's like the end of the tax year or the start of the tax year. And if it works, does it work the same in the US? Is it April? Yeah, I think that's like the technical like deadline. But pe- you can kind of start them like now and do them all the way until like May. It's like a it's a window, but it's it's definitely because, tax season now. Yeah. Because that's when I do my like books business wise. I usually just set goals there. You know, like business goals. That's sort of yeah, thing. business goals. Yeah. Definitely. But in terms of like um, anything else, I don't I don't usually set them. I kind of just want to stay in routine. Do you know what I mean? Because I think setting yourself targets, putting too much pressure on yourself, is just going to lead to failure for most people anyway. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't usually set them anyway. Yeah, Cam or Bailey, do you guys have any New Year's resolutions? Oh, oh, I don't know, man. I'm no, I'm in I, to I, the gym, Cameron. I'm not a man. As soon as Bailey is able to, I don't know, like once he's able to be on his own for long periods of time, uh, maybe we'll get back in the gym. Maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll bring we'll... this back up on Real Talk episode 728. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. Um, I don't know. No New Year's goals this year. Goal was to post more on TikTok. I've been doing that. So. Which you have, by the uh, way. We're buying. We're goal. Our goal for next year is buy a house. I don't know if that's like a New Year's resolution. Though. Yeah, I'm, I, I, New Year's. I mean, it's just because it's the New Year. But I'm just talking about yeah, big yeah, milestones for 2024. Yeah, to. so that'll be our hopeful goal of 2023, not necessarily oh. resolution. So that uh, we'll we'll see. We'll Maybe see get that. married. That'd that's be nice. Nah, that's married. A, that's yeah, a huge we've been waiting for you. Yeah, maybe I'll do that this year. Tyler, are you mm-hmm. getting married in 2024? No, it'll be another year. Uh, are you doing a big wedding, though, Tyler? You're doing a big wedding, yeah? Well, like, know, you like, doing, are you doing that. a wedding? Well, yeah, yeah. In okay. grand scheme of like, um, like I, not American, just like weddings in general, it's going to be small ish. Like, it's going to be like 60 to 100 people, which sounds so big to me, but like average size is definitely like almost like 150 to 200, it seems like. Ours was 100. Yeah. Yeah, which is a me- yeah a medium sized wedding. I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's crazy. It's yeah. just like people add up so fast because you're like, oh, your family, yeah. and then like, oh, they're plus ones or like they're really others. It's like, oh man, like it. Like I, for me, when I when I, we were talking about like oh sixty to eight people, I was like, that seems like way too many. And then like I started like putting like down the bare minimum. Like God, this just adds up so fast. If you do like wives and all that kind of stuff, that, that are you doing twenty twenty five though? 
Yeah, it should be. I mean, we don't have a date yet. We're going in. Well, she's going in February to tour stuff, so we're gonna like nail down our date then. But um, twenty twenty five, like mar- like February March is what we're looking for. Nice. Hell yeah! So next year on the the New Year's pod, that can be my milestone for the upcoming year. But this year, um, maybe moving. Like we want to move, but it'll be towards the end of next year. So that might also be a twenty twenty five goal. But I think that's with us as well. Yeah, with Anna wants to move because I I want to get a dog. And I can't have a dog, and I really want a dog, and a cat, maybe. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, good combo, dog and cat. We're yeah. we're, we're, a, we're a dog and cat, pro dog and cat. Bob. We're pro dog and cat as well. We're not. We're I'm not more pro dog, and as more cat. But you know, I, I like both. But dogs are better. That's just. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, they're just like wildly different, and they're like both very good for different things. Like sometimes, like I just like the low energy of a cat. Like I don't really want a dog. Like that's like being all crazy. Like especially in the puppy phase. I'm Can I have a chill of, dog though? Down. Yeah, I might chill. Once you get out of puppy phase, it gets easier. One of my dogs is very chill, and the other dog is just the worst. Um, but which I one's the worst? Is he the bigger one? No, the worst is the smaller one. Echo. Oh, really? is he's the best dog ever, and I'll never accept any other answer to that. Um, but <laughs> but my cat, I used to be a big dog person, not a cat guy, because my mom's allergic to cats, so I never had them. Yeah, Huge, really big dogs. fan of cats. Now they're fun. Mm-hmm. They're good fun. They also all, don't really care about you, though. Yeah, like exactly. It's awesome. They're just lazy. It's They're just so lazy. One of our cat Ramsey, our black cat, he's like obsessed with us. He's probably like our most caring pet of. The are, yeah, there's some cats that are the exact the 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 small minority because they are you know I think Anna's cats the same, but a lot of cats just don't give a fuck. They're just yeah. like one. No, we have another cat who doesn't. They'll get fed from like the neighbors, and it's like they're so unloyal. You know, mm-hmm. disloyal to you. Why are you letting them out, like sigh out, like to get fed by the neighbors? Well, I, I don't have a cat. I guess. Yeah, you know, but... that's that's a normal thing. What do you mean? Well, you yeah, like, but cat run around. Cats need to go out. They're like free animals. They need to go out and run around. Yeah, yeah. some are, but like not. Our cats normal. are indoor ah! cats, but Riley's like childhood cat who's still alive, so, like back at her parents, is an outdoor cat, and it's like. Outdoor cats are just like the coolest. Like they just have such a bad outdoor life. cats. Aren't all cats outdoor? Every cat needs to go out and just you know run about, do their own thing. Cats are indoor, like in yeah, no, the there most are a lot of there are a lot of outdoor cats. But if you have a cat as a pet, most of them are indoor cats. Yeah, I think only I, outdoor I, cats honestly, are live on farms here. What? What the fuck yeah, are we talking same. about here? Yeah. I need some British. Y'all got cats family. running around like crazy. Yeah, like I mean, everywhere. I, like I've seen them because I said like Riley has one, and it's it's just. It's outside ninety nine percent of the time. Emma's, and like Emma's dad's cat is is an outdoor cat, and it just comes back at night and for breakfast and stuff. But that's what I mean. Yeah, I, like, but he lives in an open. He lives in. He has a lot of land. Like, oh no, it's not the same here. That's weird. Yeah. Well, comment down below if you're out, team outdoor cat. Yeah, if you have a cat, comment down below. Say if it's an outdoor. You can outdoor or indoor. Um, let's go through what we've been watching, Seth. What have you been uh, taking off this week? uh yeah so a bunch of christmas shit obviously um when did we last speak so yeah okay so i did like the perfect christmas lineup i would say so me and anna watched willy wonka and uh the first harry potter the day after um we saw wizard of oz at uh, that was anna's dad's house don't really count day after that me and me anna and mom watched uh nightmare before christmas which i think is great um home alone 2 and then at night, we watched It's a Wonderful Life. The day after that, I watched Muppets Christmas Carol, which is one of my favorites. And that, for me, is the perfect Christmas lineup, you know? 
That's perfect. So I know Home Alone 2 is obviously your favorite of that franchise, but how often do you rewatch Home Alone 2 without Home Alone 1? Like, are you never watching Home Alone 1 ever again? Or is it just like... I usually watch Home Alone, Alone 1 a year, but I don't know why I just didn't watch it this year. I only watched Home Alone 2, weirdly. Um, I do prefer Home Alone 2, but yeah, I usually watch I usually watch them both. But this year, I just... I don't know. It's because I wanted to tick off other things this year, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just both watched. And then I watched... Um, have you heard a film called Stranger Than Fiction? It's like it's a Will Ferrell film, one of his probably more yeah. it's a comedy drama. Yeah, um, pretty good actually. Pretty, pretty pretty good. It was it was interesting. Then I also watched a uh, Godzilla film the other day. I watched a film called The Double, which is like a surreal comedy drama with um, Jesse Eisenberg, which is actually really really good. I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. And then I watched obviously um, Ferrari, which will which we'll touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that's kind of it. So a good Christmas lineup, really. Yeah, nice. Cam, what have you been ticking off? I watched a whole lot of nothing this week. I watched Killers of Flower Moon, which I enjoyed a, a good amount. I think I've officially decided my my brain is just too cooked for uh for three and a half hour movies. Um, I I think my brain is. just... Can you also watch it super late at night? No, no. Was, oh, yeah, uh, never mind. The Lego was, was what kept you up after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was actually, so what was yesterday? Friday, it was Thursday. So I Did you review Thursday it? I didn't see you review No, I just said uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, looks like he's wearing braces the entire movie, but isn't actually, and it really pissed me off. Um, <laughs> I can't like, Whatever makeup he was wearing, like, it looked like he had braces on the whole time, and it, it frustrated me. Um also, here's a hot take, um, probably a stupid take, but I, I'm willing to accept that. Um, I has has uh, uh, Robert De Niro lost it? I, no, I he like was it. good. No, I didn't. Really he was like really it. good. What? Uh, he was my yeah. favorite performance in the movie. Honestly, what? <laughs> really? Oh, bad right. take. Bad, bad, bad. Well, that's fine. Well, I liked him more that. than Gladstone and DiCaprio. Honestly, oh, I, I actually prefer uh, DiCaprio and Gladstone to be honest. But I still really was really really great. So I was like trying to look up his, or I was gonna look up his filmography. So I this was implying that you guys maybe also thought he had lost it uh, because his filmography recently really. The Irishman. The Irishman is. I mean, filmography as a whole has kind of been stinky since like 2010, right? Because like for every like Irishman and Killers of Flower Moon, he has like three dirty grandpas, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm, let, let me find it. So, Matt, guys, just holding it in. You know, you got a fair play to phone. He's got it a in. lot of yeah. kids he has to feed, man. Just yeah, chill so out. Gino, Gino's did the same thing. Just yeah. like yeah, it's not about my father comes out. Hey, out this year i liked it three out of th- three out of five stars what's no about way. my father uh, the sebastian maniscalco comedy. robert de niro comedy comedy the only reason what? i actually know about that movie i was just talking to someone yesterday and i guess it's her not. cousin is sebastian maniscalco um that's oh, like wow. her cousin have yeah. you seen any of his comedy specials i no, love i had not i had not heard of him have you seen uh, the poster to that film yeah. jesus christ you do a lot of bad movies mr robert he i'm telling you he's it in now he's getting the money yeah, good for yeah, him. I'm the, sorry, war I'm sorry, with grandpa. the war with grandpa. No way that's a real What movie. the fuck? Is that? It's, it's him. He's the, know, look, it's the guy who directed uh-huh. Elvin and the Chipmunks. Wow. Really? Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Irishman, Joker. And the Irishman, I thought he was good. And the Joker, like he really didn't need to do a whole lot. So that's that's where my mind was going. He hasn't lost it, but I, I didn't love him. In I don't think he's lost it. I think he's just like. I I think, no, he's just kind of older now, which is yeah. totally fine. He's making a lot of money. Um, for all his kids, uh, I know obviously but, that they're making a ton of money, so they don't really care. But do you ever think like part of him is just like a little like 
not because he lost or anything, just because of his age, to be like, oh, now like he's just kind of cast as like when a when a casting old, director is like, I we want we want an old guy that a dad will be like, hey, that's him. That's yeah. kind of Robert Probably. De Niro. Knows his yeah, yeah. And he's getting uh, like, paychecks for each film as well. Yeah, so. like I'm sure he loves it, but I'm sure like you know. I mean, like anyone who's making a ton of money, if it, if it's not like your favorite thing in the world, I feel like at like one percent of the time you have like a quick well, thought in your head, you're like, I don't love this. But he's yeah. also got Scorsese, who still calls him up for the big, you know, for the Irish thing. Right. Yeah. So everything. it's like the same time. Well, not everything. He hasn't been in the Scorsese for a while since. Um, since then. Yeah, since the Irishman, like before that, I don't, I don't think oh, he'd yeah, been yeah. on for for a while actually. But like he's just he's always got like the films where he can you know put his actual full mm -hmm. to kind of thing where he actually enjoys the projects and i think that's clear as, as you know scorsese. when was the last time he was in a scorsese film yeah, actually, emma wants to know who you guys would fight um if, if an app sorry a celebrity you would fight if you could take all of their money if you won she asked me earlier this week uh all of them i'd take all of them seth said he'd take i don't know zuckerberg's trained pretty well no, Zuckerberg would do you. Zuckerberg would yeah. break my arm. Uh, I feel probably like, like initial Bill... mind goes to like Zuckerberg. I'll take, like, oh, man, Zuckerberg. I'll, I'll take um, I'll take Bill Gates. Guys, I think we could beat Musk. Uh, Bill Gates is a great pick. I was gonna yeah. say Musk. Bill Gates would be even easier. Yeah, they, they said Bill Gates is their conclusion. I said Robert uh, De Niro. I, I, nah, I, he's I, scrappy. You know, I've he's seen, I've you. seen the man kick and I've seen the kick, him the kick in the eyes for years. And dude, the amount of crappy movies he's in lately, like, I don't think his net worth might be as high, like, liquid as you think it is. <laughs> it might, you might beat I him up and be like, Give me all your money. And he's, Give me all your money. He's like, I've been in a lot of just take like, Robert. like David Attenborough or something. Like, he's old as fuck, man. Like, Morgan yeah, Freeman would be a pretty easy net. target. Why are we talking to actors? Target like. I like a Saudi prince who's like 90. Okay. You know what I mean? Robert, like it's gonna be easier. Robert's net worth is at least 500 million, according to this range. But you'll find some billionaires who are old as fuck. Who you can yeah, just take. for sure. You know I, mean? I mean, I'm not arguing that, but I think Bob would be an easy target. Joe Biden's pretty rich. Oh shit! Rich, yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, he will be surely. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, uh, what what else was I gonna say? Oh, I was telling Emma this earlier in the week. I was like, the only thing. I love like seeing all my family and all my wife's family on Christmas. I just love family time. But the only thing that kind of bums me is we're always so busy. We can't like just sit and watch. <laughs> I agree. We can't just like sit and watch movies. You know, it's always up and up and going, which is, which is of course fine. But um, that's like the only bumming thing I was telling her. Was Guys, it just Ferrari for you? Huh? Was it just Killers of the Flower Moon and Ferrari for you then this week? Yeah, that's all I saw this week. Yeah. We watched uh what did we watch twice on Christmas Eve, Emma? The uh, best Christmas ever. No, it was uh, the Here Comes the Santa Claus or something like that. One of the old, old animated movies about like the first Christmas. Um, we watched it twice because we were cleaning. We got to do all like the, you know, stay up till midnight building random stuff. Um, so that was fun. Uh, but we watched it. We were just cleaning and didn't uh, didn't at any point actually watch the movie. We just kind of turned it on and then ignored it for the rest of the night. So that was fun. Um, I want you. Uh, I want you both to guess when the last uh, Robert De Niro film. Wait, when the last? What was the last Scorsese film De Niro was in before The Irishman? Casino. Yes. Hold Wait, on which one? Casino. Ah, casino. Yeah, Casino. It was a good guess. I forgot. What that was. You know, I'm oh. kind of a trivia man on YouTube now, so I got. I, I got to be. Showing off and being able to get these right, or else I'm a fraud. I'm a, I'm a fraudulent man. This is um, the life I live. Yeah, let's see. What I, I watched a ton this yeah. week. So I watched um, 
watch the the Ari Aster short film, The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. I, I think I, I actually hate. really liked it, honestly. Um, but I like Ari Aster a lot. I think the thing is for me, I just heard about it for the past so many years of it being like the most disturbing thing ever. And like at the end of the day, it's on YouTube. So I was like, it can't be like that. It's very That's disturbing, awful. obviously, but like I thought it was gonna be just like some disgusting visuals. Yeah, it's, it's more just conceptually crazy. Um, watch Darkest Hour. Yeah, whatever. It was just like a very fine movie. Yeah. Gary Oldman's strong in it, but that's kind of about it. He's not that strong. He's good, but like you know, he compared to some of his other roles, and it's like that is he won the Oscar for that, didn't he? I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was like it's a it very like Oscar baity role. Like, it was like all his, of, the whole um, movie is him just giving speeches and like bang. Yeah, it was like Leo's uh Revenant. You know, it was just like he deserved one, so they're just like, yeah, fucking yeah. Yeah, I don't really know who's gone up against that year, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. It was a very fine movie. It's honestly it just like made me want to watch Dunkirk more because like the whole movie is about like leading up to kind of like that calling making the Dunkirk operation go. And I was kind of like or Operation Dynamo, I think is what it's called. And I'm like, I I just kind of would want to watch Dunkirk instead of this. Now that's a good film. Yeah, exactly. It'd be a good double feature and it'd be perfect because Darkest Hour is like not as good as Dunkirk, so it's like a good like leading up and you're like all right give me to the the meat and potatoes here yeah. um, rewatch barbie on christmas and honestly i still have a lot of fun with that movie. oh rewatch that too i rewatch yeah. that too Love i it. I, I, st- yeah. I had a lot of fun with it like it's still a three star for me like i don't think the story's like great by any means but i think the comedy hits a lot and like ryan gosling truly is so hilarious and margot robbie obviously is fantastic but yeah it's funny my family watched it like i think yeah a couple of my family members watched it and they like they hated it i think one said they turned it off 15 minutes in another one said they'd rate it lower than a 0.5 star so movies are back if we're getting reactions like that movies are officially back um rewatched anatomy of a fall is just definitely one of my favorite films from this past I haven't year seen it yet. um <laughs> christmas i just watched a ton of stuff on christmas i watched because i started with barbie then anatomy of a fall then went right into little women which is still my favorite greta gerwig film uh, right into are you there god it's me margaret rewatched that still love rachel mcadams so much i kind of want to just it's been so long since i've seen it i, I wanted to be like she's still up there for me the best supporting actress she's definitely one of my favorites of the year then finished off with paddington one and two i mean no better way to really end a christmas day those are very like christmas adjacent movies seth i'm Joy really excited for you to watch those especially paddington too because i i got cooked on tiktok for saying that i've never seen paddington it's, it's literally all the same I've cast as wonka like, except timothy chalamet but all the supporting actors you love like Hugh Grant, um sally yeah. hawkins hawkins yeah the not olivia coleman but um yeah but really, you know, olivia coleman's gonna be in the third one isn't she right it's so, just like yeah, i mean yeah. it's i mean it makes sense it's paul king except i don't yeah, think it, i don't know if paul king is directing the third one honestly i, I can't remember i, I I think he is. Okay. Is Either way, I assume he would come back. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, Paddington movies are great. Their second one was making me cry way more than I was expecting. Um, Yeah. Watch Passages, Seth. I saw you saw this from this year. Very good. Yeah, good film. Uh, I didn't didn't love it. it. Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Same boat. Same boat. Um, Yeah, it was just a very fascinating love triangle, and I was like happy with the way I was happy the way it ended because there's like a lot of toxic relationships, and I was kind of like, okay. Seems like they're kind of breaking free of these, so that's that's good. Uh, All of us strangers watch that. Um, fantastic, Paul Mescal. Like he he's always great. This one, I think he's still very good in. Uh, but it, it, he, there's not a ton of Paul Mescal in this. Um, it's Andrew Scott, he, isn't it? Yeah, Andrew Scott's brilliant. He, he definitely like if he gets nominated for best actor, I would not be disappointed whatsoever. Whereas Paul Mescal, like it, it's kind of like you know, After Sun was so incredible from last year. 
that this i was just like yeah he's just kind of you know it's a good it's a good supporting actor performance there's nothing Andrew Scott's fantastic yeah I really, he's really so good him. man because that episode of black mirror smithereens is like such a mid to bad episode but his oh, performance shit, yeah. alone makes me like it because like he's like one of my favorite acting performers he's the cop driver isn't he i forgot about that yeah he and he yeah, kind of yeah. carries that whole episode which is like a very yeah. mid episode but like his performance alone makes me like really enjoy it because he's so freaking good in it yeah he's um, great seth i watched blue jean fantastic yeah, i did Loved see this really really it. good um very very devastating like if you um know more about that kind of era of the uk kind of thatcher's yeah, like era 1988-ish right yeah yeah so thatcher's era of britain um really yeah really really great devastating um i actually think tyler now i put it on my 2023 runs apparently it is actually still 2022 because i think it qualified for the baftas in 2023 uh, i don't know it, films confuse me but i think yeah i think it's like that i'm not sure yeah gotcha okay well then maybe i'll remove it from my 2023 but um swiss army man which we're going to be reviewing later in the week watch american fiction as well jeffrey wright I, this has kind of been the year of actors redeeming themselves because I didn't love, or I've never loved Mark Ruffalo, as you all know, but I enjoyed his performance in Poor Things. Jeffrey Wright, I've just never loved that much because I've always kind of feel Not like he's... City? What? Not in Asteroid City? Yeah, I liked him better in Asteroid City, so that's kind of what I'm saying, like, 2023. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. most Jeffrey Wright I've seen is in, like, the Batman, Game Night, Westworld, where I feel like he's always grovelly voiced, kind of, like, in taking himself a little too seriously it seems like and and in more serious roles but in american fiction and asteroid city where his comedy is allowed to shine they're just great like american fiction yeah great. he's really good um very funny movie of just like an actor or he's like an author trying to sell books and he's like not getting anything sold and then like other black authors are writing these books that are like my life is so hard man i, I was locked up and like drugs and all that so he, like his publishing author uh, publishers basically saying like you just got to make up stories and pretend like oh, is it a comedy? Life. yeah it's a comedy oh, drama really good, but it's, it's more comedy than drama like there's a lot of funny moments there's obviously oh. very dramatic moments that's really good. devastating but i've really enjoyed it um it's definitely going to be contending for some oscars this year and then final three just trying to tick off these 2023 releases before the end of the year uh, watch do not expect too much from the end of the world it's romania's entry for international film that was really good overly long a bit for me um, but really good analysis and critique of Romanian culture and politics while also being pretty funny, like a lot of comedy in it, a lot of jokes at Andrew Tate's expense in it. So always fun to see that like way more than you'd expect a lot. more. What, um, what is that poster by the way? I know it's crazy, but it's, it's like a, it's by Radu Jade. It's kind of known for making these very satirical and biting films. Uh, and I think the poster kind of speaks to it, but um, the film is a lot more serious than the poster, but there's a lot of comedy in it and a lot of Andrew Tate's jokes. I watched that. And then Seth, I also watched How to Have Sex. Um, yeah, that, that film's devastating, man. It's like like to use a George Carmi quote he always uses, like watching a car crash happen in slow motion. Like you know where it's going the whole time, but like you're just hoping someone's gonna like intervene. But it just you're just holding. I was like very anxious that whole movie. So, I I, uh, tough, tough. Not watch. to like give much away, you know, right. regarding the film, but the the events that happen are very very common in British culture. Like in terms of that kind of nightlife, that party life culture, it's very mm -hmm. much more common than you might think. And it'll probably, I think, especially it's a film for British women, especially around the age when they are kind of 16 to 18. I think it's very, very powerful. And it was obviously the um, Molly Manning Walk, it was her debut as well. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a new, not only um, new filmmaker to look out for, a new female filmmaker, a new British female filmmaker. There's not like that many I follow. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really liked it. I think more people should definitely watch it. It's on movie, actually. 
people mm-hmm. listening, it's on movie, so you can watch it right now. It's, it's fantastic, really, really good. Yeah, Molly Manning Walker just said, Is it on movie in the US or just UK? I, I saw movie, so. everyone movie. tagged like movie UK, so I didn't know if it's it a movie original, so I would assume it's on. It's a movie distributed, okay. so I assume it's on both. Because I might do an, like an ad on it, actually, because I've really realized. The issue is, with that film, you can't review it on TikTok or Letterboxd without people just being immature as fuck. That's what people are like, obviously. Because mm-hmm. the name is How to Have Sex. On my, like, when I reviewed it, every comment is like, like haven't you got a fiancé? That sort of shit. <laughs> and when it's a film by subject matter, it's kind of hard to speak. Yeah, it's one of those, like, when you see the title, you're like, oh, there's so many jokes you can make about it. And you watch the movie, you're like, ah, probably not something to joke Less, about. just not a joke, but it's just crazy. But uh, Molly yeah. Manning Walker for a debut is incredible. And then Mia McKenna-Bruce is so good in this. I see she's been in, like, The Witcher and some other so films she, that I've actually seen, but I've never really noticed her performances. This is, she is. Um, she's a girl who was in, like, one of the biggest kids TV shows growing up in the UK, like a proper classic. Um, and she was like one of the main people in it when she was younger. She's actually a lot older than you might think, you know, she's like 27, 28 or something, something like that. It's crazy. But she, yeah, it was, this was like, I would say her breakout role, her first lead role in a film. And I thought mm. she was fantastic. Yeah. Like she's one of my favorite um, lead performances of the year. I think she was absolutely brilliant. Like really, she kind of got across the, the innocent, naive nature um, of, of someone of that age going across, you know, um, going across to another country, partying, like she was really, really good and proper shot to me. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely look out for more more films from not only her but the director as well because technically it was also really, really good. I thought, especially for a first time mm-hmm. director. No, excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, devastating film, but it, it was really great. And then finally, I watched Memory um, with Jessica Chastain. Um, it was good. It didn't fully work for me. There's a lot of interesting bits I tried about. Basically, she has a lot of trauma from her past that she she kind of hasn't resolved, and she reconnects with someone who has early onset dementia. So, um, oh, okay. kind of memory from two different perspectives, like someone's trauma and dealing with the past, while also someone literally kind of dementia. Didn't fully click for me, but there was some interest. There's a lot of interesting ideas thrown around. I just don't know if it all meshed together. Um, but oh, then, yeah. like the final like 2023 movies, I'm trying to take off before the end of the year is The Color Purple, Close Your Eyes, which Owen uh, turned me on to. Totem, which is like Mexico's entry to the international film, Americazzi, Origin, Perfect Days is the one I want to see the most, and then Robot Dreams. So I'm gonna try to take those off. Yeah, Robot like, Dreams looks so cool, man. I really want to watch that. Yeah, it's but once weird. once I finish these, like the next two days, and be cramming in these 2023 releases, I'm gonna like probably watch the most like mind numbing like two star films for the next like week. So I just need to I just need a break from like cramming in so many like award contending films that are usually like deep heavy subject matter and like going from like all of us strangers to how to have sex to all these movies have such deep deep and like emotional subject material i'm like i need like stupid comedies for like a week to just kind of brainwash myself night swims coming out next weekend so night swim will be a good is that already geez i think that was that earlier release yeah first weekend you know Um, blumhouse january is the month of blumhouse just crappy movies yeah really you know um uh, Molly Manning Walker. She was also the cinematographer for Scrapper, which is quite interesting. Fascinating. Which kind of makes sense. You know, it's quite similar visual style, especially. It's really interesting. Yeah, and oh wait, never mind. I, I was getting that confused with the actress. But yeah, I saw Molly Manning Walker. I was looking into filmography that she like started off as a cinematographer and then she did, directed yeah, a couple of stories. Her first feature, yeah. feature length directing, but she started as a cinematographer, which is like I feel like something super rare you see the jump from someone being a cinematographer to a director. I feel like you see some directors that try and take on cinematography as well, but you don't have to see someone starting out as a cinematographer. Yeah, a lot of a lot of directors do their own cinematography, like Zack Snyder, obviously did recently. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's I can't think of that many, especially with the, such a successful first film as well. When she wrote mm-hmm. it, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure she wrote it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but that's that's all I've been watching. So now we'll we'll get into our our one and only review for this week, which I feel like is very rare for us. But um, I will mention the color purple and um, the boys in the boat also came out on Christmas, but I was not able to catch those. I like I just mentioned, I do want to see the color purple for the year ends because I do think, I mean, it looks really great. I'm excited for it, but also yeah, it, it looks like it's gonna be contending for a lot of awards. So I need to get on that. That's my goal for either tonight or tomorrow, but before the year end for sure. But Ferrari is one we did see. All three of us did. I know Cam. Oh no, Cam's back. Never mind. Sorry, my screen covered. But Ferrari, directed by Michael Mann, starring Adam Driver, Penelope Cruz, Shailene Woodley, um, Patrick Dempsey. It's a biopic of automotive mogul Enzo Ferrari, whose family redefined the idea of the high-powered Italian sports car and practically spawned the concept of Formula One racing. Um, it's based on a novel. Obviously, it's a true story. It's about a real man and a real company. It's one of those that's similar to like the Iron Claw in terms of. It's something that really happened that people in the know of the sport know about. But like for most of us, like everyone's like, how did you not know about the Iron Claw story? It's like, I'm not a wrestling fan. I've seen a lot of yeah. racing people be like, how did you not know about like, why is everyone so shocked about Ferrari? Like, how did you not know about it? I'm like, I don't follow racing. So like, I'm, I'm, it's yeah. it new to me. Like, I didn't know about any of this. So um, these biopics are been fun to kind of dive into these worlds we don't know too much about. But I'm going to start with, uh, I'll start with Cam because he's not the most recently. Um, thoughts on Ferrari and your overall rating ah. gonna dive in deeper. Ah. Uh, I, I really liked Ferrari. I'm teetering like how much I really liked it. Um, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I, I think uh, um, Adam driver obviously does very well in it. I don't think he's like uh, delivering any Oscar type performance, but I think he, you think so. All right. Yeah. I, th I think he, I think he's very, very good. Um, really interesting story and yeah what like tyler said one of those like i don't i didn't fucking know anything about it. i'm sure if my dad watched this he would he would know yeah um, everything about it absolute dad movie right here um i think any michael mann film is just like it, dad's movie. Dad, yeah, yeah no for sure um i i think penelope cruz was really great um people were mad maybe about shailene woodley's yeah her accent. accent i yeah. I didn't have an issue with it. It's whatever. I can't I'm kind of the same boat in terms of she just she wasn't in it enough for it to really sway my opinion. Yeah, yeah. If she'd have been like Penelope Cruz's character, it probably would have been a little bit different. Where she's yeah. doing those scenes, those emotional for scenes sure. with the accent, it'd be like okay. Um, I think uh, the, you know, the scene at the end that we'll get to, get into or towards the end is super impactful and, and just fucking crazy because um, i didn't know about that as well yeah so, no i didn't know and, how, and, it, and it's it's one of those things you can like so if I, I i could predict it but not the extent of it and we'll yeah, like, yeah. talk about that in the in the spoilers um because like it's a it's a racing movie you can kind of like if you're gonna do some sort of impact in a racing movie you can take a guess as to what it is um but it, it's a lot more than just that as well um and i think it's interesting like seeing ferrari like working with his drivers and everything and and uh um, getting all of them into the races and I, I forget exactly like what race this is but um i think uh patrick dempsey's really awesome did all his stunts for this um i i always like patrick dempsey just because i'm a fan of Grey's anatomy up until his death um so shout out him Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, now I'm never even gonna watch that show because you spoiled it. <laughs> sure, uh, but shout out him for doing all his own stunts. He's like a trained, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know if he's like an F1 driver or what exactly driving. Is he really? Yeah, but like he's that's why he's like he's like such a big car guy, and I think he left um Grey's Anatomy because he wanted more time like just to do things with his car. He still likes mm -hmm. acting, but he wants to like balance it or do whatever he does with F1 or or anything like that um so i thought he was really cool uh in this 
um, I think, you know, is kind of like the perfect runtime for, for this movie. Like I said earlier, I, I think my brain is just is just mush at this point and my attention span is so dead. Um, three and a half hours is a lot, but I, I, I thought this felt like a breeze to get through two hours right on the dot, basically. Um, really just flies by. Um, very intense without being like in your face action. Um, you know, like it's it's I think I think racing movies are always very intense. Um, but I, I think this one does really well. And it's just cool to see. It's an interesting story to learn about. Like like you said, I didn't know about it before. Very interesting to learn about. So I, I enjoyed my time watching it. I think it'll be four and a half area. Um, maybe oh, like shit. 86 out of 100 around there, just above like Killers of the Flower Moon is probably my guess. Nice. Um, yeah, I haven't rated it yet, but it, I'm, I, I'm pretty confident by the time this rolls around, it'd be like an 86 around there. I don't know whose yeah. reviews I'm seeing on Letterboxd. I swore I saw you rate both Killers of Flower Moon and Ferrari, but I guess you didn't rate either of those yet. So I'm just I rated crazy Killers of the Flower Moon. I thought. Oh, okay, uh, never mind. I just it, yeah. This was one of those I watched late last night, and then and then did Lego, and like didn't care to write. You should have seen this on the big screen. I feel like you'd like it even more. The sound in this is crazy. Like the sound design of the Ferrari was bad. I, I did see it on the big screen. <laughs> oh, how are you doing Lego then? I saw. <laughs> Right, brilliant. Nice I I, di I didn't see it on the big screen either because I was lucky enough to be sent like the screener package from Neon, so I was able to see this like a, a month ago. But yeah, I'd be interested to see it on the big screen. But I'll, I'll get into my thoughts uh, a little more later. But Seth Ferrari. Yeah, I will say something quite funny happened. So when I posted my initial review on TikTok, everyone was like, "Oh, paid ad, whatever." You know, because people like just say that if they don't like a film and you do, it's like, "Oh." No, get that check, buddy. Whatever. It's like I wasn't paid. Well, and they like boosted it after the fact. Yeah, yeah. They... So now it looks like I'm just blatantly lying because they <laughs> bear in mind they didn't pay me anything to boost it. They just said, Can we boost right. it? Yeah, sure. you know, Which I think pay... is a great strategy more movie studios are doing, but it's hard for yeah, the audiences because yeah. they see sponsored because like two days after you post a review, they'll boost it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my Iron Claw one just got boosted. Now it's like people be like, Oh, sponsored post. Oh, it's like I'm this getting... is after the fact, and you're not getting boosted it. I think it's like two million now, and it didn't even mm -hmm. do that well before. It's only like 50 k, and then every, all my comments like are now like, um, you know, this is an ad. I can't trust you. And it's like, oh, I need to stress. This wasn't an ad, but I genuinely do not even believe this. That was quite annoying. But yeah, I mean, I, I love this. I'm a huge fan of modern Michael Mann. I think similar to to his last two films, especially his last one, Black Hat, which wasn't particularly well received by a general audience critically as well. I loved, and I think this is. You know the perfect high octane kind of power trip. I think I mentioned in my review this. This kind of balances the the psychologically traumatizing moments that Enzo Ferrari went through, and I think Adam Driver gives one of his best performances to date in my eyes, at least that I've seen, as like a a stoic yet emotional man. You know, with with the whole world around him collapsing, and then it also has in there, you know, these brilliantly structured uh, racing sequences that are you know exhilarating, exciting, and also traumatic, similar to the events that are happening during during his life. Uh, him and him and Penelope Cruz are like one of my perfect, you know, pairings of the year. I think they work just unbelievably well together. I think Penelope Cruz is kind of this aggressive, more passionate side of it, whereas Adam Driver is, like I mentioned, kind of the more, more stoic side of the relationship in terms of uh, being, you know, the business partner as well. Um, I think Michael Mann just has a keen eye for how to shoot things, and I think he always has. And I think he does so in such an effortless effortless way um, in all his films. And I think, especially for me, like someone who's not into, I'm not into racing at all. I know nothing about, I don't watch F1, don't watch any of this, I'm not into it at all. Um, 
and to, to to still captivate me throughout, not only with the the racing sequences, but also the build up to it. And Enzo kind of um, going through it with his team, kind of motivating his team as well, just just really excited me. And I think one of the most impressive things, as I mentioned, was the use of sound. It was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I think I said this in my review, like the, the use of sound is always amazing. I think Michael Mal has that on lock. It's just um, really, really incredible how they use it, the technicalities in this film, but also the use of silence, especially, you know, with the scene that we'll go on to. The use of silence is kind of just as poignant and just as there and just as impactful as the the the, the racing sounds and how kind of ballistic it is throughout. Um, but yeah, this is actually my... Uh, third favorite of the year so far it's in my top three like i i loved it um and i kind of assumed i would because i just i, I think model michael mann is just i think he's one of the best filmmakers working today i think this is the perfect film for a michael mann to, to make um as cam said shailene woodley didn't really bother me to be honest like if she had had a big role if she was in penelope cruz's role which wouldn't really made sense but if she was for example probably would have noticed a little bit more you know i wouldn't say it was great by any means but it wasn't something which i was really open arms about which i noticed a lot of my comments were specifically um but yeah i, I thought this was this was brilliant i probably think you know maybe one more watch this might shoot up again um and be a five star for me right now i'll give it a four and a half i think on the big screen especially just truly amazing um and quite funny in moments as well which was surprising uh really like the cast really like patrick Dempsey, as cam said uh jack o'connell wasn't in much but i really, really like him um, you know, it was like he was one I grew up with. Uh, sorry, I love him. Obviously, Adam Driver, I think, is one of the best performances of the year. It's kind of my my actually my second best um, led role of the year behind uh, Killian Murphy. So really, really hard for me. And Penelope Cruz is like my second supporting actress behind uh, Lily. Actually, no, Carrie Mulligan, Lily Gladstone is a third supporting actress. Love both of them. Perfect pairing on screen. And I was completely transfixed from start to finish. Uh, but yeah, four and a half. We'll go into some of the more of the the, the more traumatizing moments in a minute but yeah really really liked it mm-hmm. yeah i thought i thought ferrari was just a master masterful biopic on on kind of just enzo ferrari a man is just so hell-bent on perfection and success that he doesn't really care who or what gets hurt along the way his relationships suffer um his, his relationships with you know both his you know lovers as well as his kids as well as his teammates like he's just so focused on perfection and achieving greatness that um I mean, like a lot of people, like in this position, like, you know, that become master yeah. moguls of companies kind of have that same drive in them. Um, no pun intended for Ferrari or Adam Driver. But yeah, Charlene Woodley, like when it came out and the initial reviews coming out, like I saw so many people dragging her and yeah, she's not great in this, but she just really doesn't have enough impact in the film for me to actually care. Like we all kind of mentioned, Penelope Cruz is great. Um, she's not super high on my supporting actress list, but like, she's definitely very strong. This. And Adam Driver, I did really love him kind of more in Seth's boat in terms of, uh, one of my favorite performances of the year from a lead actor. Uh, definitely He's way so better good, isn't he? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, way He's better so than 65. Yeah, uh, true. True. Uh, but I thought the, the cinematography was great. It's by the same cinematographer as the killer, Eric Messerschmidt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think just a phenomenal year for him with two, two great. That's great my best cinematography of the year. That'll be my pick. Uh, the killer. Yeah. He, he's he's crushed it this year um and, and just the editing and, and the sound design i thought the sound design was super strong during the during the action scene specifically um I, i've been reading a lot of critical reviews apparently like a lot of critics are having issues with the sound design in terms of the dialogue maybe in the more dialogue moments like a lot of the yeah, microphone totally. sounds and especially the lavalier mics have been heard criticized by a lot of people i'm just not there yet in terms of like being able to have that technical eye enough for sound design and sound mixing to be able to be like yeah, the sound design is whack, but I do know that's the common criticism I've seen is that the sound design it's is similar to like the great. the criticisms like Tenet, I think, in terms of how people received it. Yeah, you know, like the dialogue and like Tenet and Dunkirk and stuff like that. But it doesn't really affect me. Like if I, if I can hear it, 
whatever. Right, but at least during the during the action scenes, like the non-speaking scenes, I thought the sound design was just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, th- there's moments we'll talk about like with visual effects that people have criticized, which yeah, like they're not great. But again, the same thing as Shining Woodley, where it's like it's just so minor that it just doesn't impact my thoughts on the film. Like it's just so minimal the use of it, visual effects. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. Four four stars. It came in at. 20th on the year for me which obviously on first glance sounds low because you're like oh man like that's but i've just seen so many films like this is what it's sandwiched between right above it is spider-verse and how to have sex right below it is killers of flower and all of us strangers and past lives yeah. so like these are all phenomenal films i've just seen so many damn films this year that like yeah. it 20 sounds low but it, it's up there with you know the the heavy hitters of the year i really enjoyed it um but yeah four stars we'll, we'll kind of throw in the spoiler mark and we'll kind of talk a little deeper about it but um, spoiler starting now so skip ahead if you if you haven't seen ferrari because we do recommend you all go see it go see it on the big screen i i think i'm gonna try and like see it on the big screen if i can i just have it on dvd right now but um i at least watch it on like a nice you know nice tv setup i have a good sound system but you know nothing compared to like a movie theater but um thankful you know obviously that i was sent the screener nonetheless i'm not complaining at all uh, i'll try and see it if i can on the theater but yeah so Let's just start with, you know, the big thing, the, the big moment, the crash at the end. Well, there is technically two crashes. There's the one where they're kind of on the test lap early in the movie. That was like, that was the first moment my jaw dropped was when they kind of flipped the car during that test training lap and the dude just flies out of it. But then my jaw was like buried into the ground on the final crash that happened and what all the carnage. Doing? It was just one of the most horrifying and visceral and disturbing imagery I've seen in a film in a long time more yeah. than in most horror movies i didn't see when evil lurks i know that's probably like one of the crazier ones from this year but ferrari that, that scene was insane yeah, you should what watch you an evil lurk side note definitely watch it what did he hit? who the driver the set the 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 second scene where just yeah, 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 yeah. does his tire go over? That's a good point, actually. I can't even remember. Yeah, I, I know, like, looking up the real story after it said his tire blew out, so I don't know if he, he might have ran over something. He might have just, his tire blew. That's pretty common. So the movie makes it, like, very clear he ran over something. Did that happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, I I, I, mean, I didn't think they explained what he hit. And I, was yeah, I don't know. Like just debris like, or something in the room. Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, put in there as, like, symbolism. I think it's just they put in there so yeah. people can see his tire blown out, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I... uh. I, what I was saying earlier is like you could you could very easily predict a car crash in this like obviously but the fact that it like kills what nine people seven it? people I think it seven was seven people okay um like five kids, kids. Well, it, like, it, it like it like takes them the fuck out was just kind of crazy to see like that's not something you expect right because it's a, it's a track that no one's really around but at this one turn. He hits that and his car goes flying, hits a pole. Straight into people. Just as well. Hits a pole and then straight into seven people, which is insane to see. Yeah. That, that was like, that for me was like, what the fuck? You know, because you know, you know the crash is coming, but you don't know the extent of it, right? Unless you obviously know the story. Unless, yeah. My, my like, I, I, I said this, like, I've watched, I think most of Mike Mann's films, there's still a couple I haven't seen, but I think that was like, for me, his like most visceral scene ever I've ever seen from him, and really the, the payoff of it, and like it was kind of similar to like um you know the scene in Oppenheimer where I, I went to a really busy my my show my screening was really really busy and everyone was just silent. Um, you know I think that is again what I said before like the 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 sound design was incredible, but the use of silence was was this was the moment where it was really so traumatizing and ingraining and, and really really sad. I also think going back to your point, uh, Tyler, about the the first crash, you know, the, the test sequence where the guy crashed, obviously, and then kind of you know he crashes and then you know Enzo that was crazy too. 
Yeah, and then Enzo's just again stoic and, and, and just there. And he just, you know, immediately says to the guy, I can't remember his name, obviously the guy wants to race with him, says, you know, come to this and this, and you know, let's try you out, whatever. And it's like I think that showcases all his kind of business mindset and his kind of stoicism. And I think that comes from again his like lack of empathy towards death ever since you know his, his son died and i think it's like kind of a grief me uh, mechanic there is just to not allow himself to to kind of open up to people i think is the main thing and i think that comes again from from the death of his son which obviously we see obviously we haven't really got into like his um his affair with his you know his, his son with shailene woodley and stuff like that but i think again that's that's a really really important part um but yeah definitely the the second scene is is probably the most traumatizing i've seen from michael man as a director he usually has these kind of big emotional moments um but not not to that extent visually you know because even after it happens and you're seeing like all the body parts and stuff of like kids it's really really impactful and it wasn't something i expected so yeah it really really caught me off guard and was 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 very very sad yeah it's just it, it mirrors the the iron claw in a way which i'm not spoiling the iron claw but I'm seeing like, there's stuff that happens there, there's stuff that happens in real life that you're like that's so unbelievable like did that really happen then you research it and like for Ferrari, the crash, like it did very, you know, like it yeah, yeah. blew out, it hits a telephone pole. Like they didn't just like make that up. It's telephone pole ricochets off over. I think it said yeah. in real life there was like a barrier because I, I can't remember in the movie. Like it, it seemed like they were all kind of just standing on the side of the I road. They were. Yeah, there's happened. usually, yeah. The, I think there was a barrier, like a, like a gate in the front or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but it kind of goes over the barrier, kills all those people. Um, Enzo Ferrari, which we don't really get to much in the movie, but he goes on trial for, I think, a long time. That trial lasted a long time for yeah, his ability. Yeah, that, which, yeah. which is just like, because we've seen. Ford versus Ferrari now, and now Ferrari, and I'm sure there's some other movie out there that's been made about some part of Enzo Ferrari's life, but um, there's so much you could dive into, because even like the whole trial and aftermath of like how you rebuild the Ferrari brand after that and the racing team would be interesting to go into. Ford versus Ferrari is more about like the, the Le Mans 66, Ford maybe acquiring Ferrari, but then ultimately Dang. Ferrari doesn't get acquired by Ford, so I guess... Oh, that is the one that's called Le Mans 66, yep. isn't it? And, yeah. Yeah. So Enzo Ferrari's life is just so wild that you can attack him from so many angles and there's still so much untold that i'm sure could be covered in even another movie but all while this is going on of him building this racing empire which you can kind of tell he's he's so focused on racing first he's like we have to sell cars just so we can race like all he cares about yeah. is racing and but all while this is going on you have penelope cruz um who's kind of just doing like her own investigative sleuthing trying to uncover his infidelity seeing where this money's going just a lot of finance talk in this thing i do love i do love some finance talk though i i do yeah. love some finance oh, talk. Really, i really really like it because yeah charlene woodley is obviously a woman who's having an affair with has like a whole not just an affair like a whole other life with and family she, with and house with like it's two existences like, earlier in the movie is that that's who he's giving the twenty five thousand to right earlier in the movie but the like, star it, shailene woodley's character like she, yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 uh, character and i should know names but i just i'm too stupid um he he tells penelope cruz's character that he needs to give them five twenty five thousand, and that like he doesn't like love him or whatever you're an idiot why would you even tell her that you're if you're already having a secret family because she she would be able to see the accounts anyway wouldn't that's she fair. because that's she's fair. involved in the business yeah, that's funny. and I just think there's that there, to do something like he's doing, not only just with his relationships, but to be that successful in business, you got to have some level of narcissism with you where you just don't even really 
think about all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're kind of more focused on your own self sure. that you're like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't just, care about these other people. She won't ask any questions. This isn't like he's like just like an affair. You know, he's got like, it's been like 10 years. Oh, right. got like, yeah. Yeah, like a grown kid, like, kid with him. This kid is right. not like, uh, like Bailey. There's a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like eight like, or something. It's yeah, crazy. like the kid's old enough to be like, am I like not your first kid or whatever? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it is just such a it is an interesting way to look at both films from both, you know, Ford versus Ferrari and then Ferrari, because you see Ferrari is very much a company by Enzo Ferrari that's selling cars only to race. And then Ford versus Ferrari, you see, is all about Ford is like, we just care about selling cars. And then they're trying yeah. to say, like, no, we got to get into racing. Like, this is a new thing. So Ford seeing these two companies so kind of at the same time, time in history doing the exact opposite things but both trying to achieve the same thing of winning races, but having just totally different goals for what their overall companies is. It's very fascinating to watch. And, and yeah, Adam driver, is it, he had that interview moment probably a month ago where he's like, Oh, fuck you to the guy in the audience. It's like visual effects, is which is a I crazy that. question that he has. Like, I what, love that, so. what, what do you think about the visual effects not looking great? And it's just like, that's the same response I would add to Just be like, what the fuck? Like, do I look like the visual effects artist, like or the producer? Like, why are you asking yeah. me this? I'm I performed, gave one of my best career performances as Enzo Ferrari, and you're talking about the, the visual effects of one crash scene that, is yeah, the visual effects. I was like, yeah, it doesn't look great, but the moments immediately after are so crazy and visceral that like you just completely forget about the visual effects. Point two seconds after you see the telephone pole crash, that you're just so focused on your job being on the floor and in utter shock at the imagery on your screen. That it's just like I said, the same thing as Shailene Woodley. It's just so small to the movie that it just did not sway my opinion on it whatsoever. And I just think this toes the line perfectly well of going into his relationship with both Penelope Cruz and Shailene Woodley, having the two families, having Penelope Cruz go on this financial accounting hunt to try and kind of get evidence for what he's been doing and, and discover his infidelity and his whole other life. Whereas you also have him as a boardroom leader trying to inspire a team and get ready for races and make a successful company while at the same time having these racing sequences and the racing team of Patrick Dempsey and all the other racers and these awesome action sequences of whether test tracks or the actual final race. So um, like Cam mentioned, it's, it's a good length. Like it's just barely over two hours, but they pack so much into it. And so often you can have movies with so many threads like this that when it's only two hours, you can kind of come away from it being like, oh, they kind of packed too much in and I don't feel like they did justice to everything. I feel like they did. I feel like everything I tried to set out to do in this movie, I think they achieved well. And overall, it's just it's a great movie. I, I, it's a high four star for me. I had a great time. Did you guys to see it again? Did you guys like that they obviously man chose to use Italian accents? Did you prefer that? You think? Yeah, because I didn't have an issue with it. I yeah. I well, driver, driver, Cruz, and Woodley are all non-Italian, unless I'm my, wildly mistaken. So yeah, yeah. So my my like my thought process is seeing a lot of conversations about this. Do you think like I mean it's completely different films and not the same example? But do you think it would have made the experience of Napoleon better if they'd use French accents and stuff like that. You know, that made a difference in the, in, it went I haven't seen it, but, uh, shit, like that. it, it doesn't sound like that's what's saving the movie. <laughs> it's yeah, not, you would be right, it would, but... it's not, but I think it would have added an element of, of accuracy there when that, the accuracy wasn't, it wasn't in any of the rest of the film anyway. So I yeah, just, I, I don't know. With, with cultures, I think it can be just hard sometimes. I think, English, like an American English accent, I feel like is always like the if you're not if you don't have an American English accent, it's always 100% okay for anyone to come and like do that in a movie. But like going the opposite way of like having like American English actors do other accents, I feel like that's where it can start to get like you know interesting so. if you're if yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the cultural appropriation kind of goes that way. Whereas if anyone like you know, when British people or Australian people or 
French, Italian, like anyone does like American English accent, no one's really going to say like, oh, why are they doing that? But I feel like you can get a little dicey if you're doing, creating your own well, accent. It depends who you cast, know. doesn't it? Like, right. I don't even think that, I mean, I'm, I'm going, this is not the same review, but like going back to this, I'm, I'm the biggest Wacky Phoenix fan. Like, mm. I don't think he was that great anyway, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? So it depends who you cast. Like I would prefer Napoleon in general just to be, you know, get a French cast in there. Right, yeah. yeah no, all quite in the Western Front did with, with Germany. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just easier. I, yeah. I don't know. I just think there needs an element of historical accuracy and realism there. And I kind mm -hmm. of appreciated that man chose that that route, you know, instead of just... Yeah, and Adam Driver did great as that. I think also it his, is. his take on Enzo Ferrari's accent isn't the most... You know, it's not a Chris Pratt Italian accent. You know, it's a pretty muted... It's more muted than, you know, some crazier Italian accents you've seen. Whereas Shailen Woodley's... I never thought it was necessarily the worst thing in the world, but the problem was like, it was always such a very, like if she had like a dial for how much Italian her accent was, sometimes it'd be cranked to 11, it sometimes it'd be weird. a zero. Yeah. Like, I, the thing is, like I don't think it was zero. ever like the worst thing, but it was just, yeah. it was always changing so much. And like sometimes it in was. the same sentence, she would go from the most Italian woman ever to be just like normal English accent. I, I thought she was English at some point. And so I couldn't like work yeah. it out. I thought she was meant to be. And I was like, oh, it kept changing all the time. But it, like you said, it wasn't there enough to to really impart my like view and experience anyway. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Anyone else have anything to say on uh, Ferrari? No, I think we got, I'm going to go watch it again. I think like, officially uh, yeah. an 86 out of 100. Nice. That's where we land. So that's a 4.5 star for Cam. It's a four star for me. Uh, Seth, 4.5 star for you, and a three and a half for for George. Um, I'm just looking at my letterbox friend Sophie, who's like the biggest Adam Driver fan ever, two stars. So that's a tough look for, for her review of the movie. No, if Sophie's seen much with Michael Mann, I might be wrong. Yeah, but I know some of our big fans win. Like, I think Ferrari's a technical marvel. I think it, it succeeds on everything it sets out to do technically. I know I've read a lot of criticism, like I said, about the sound editing, might not be the greatest to the more keen ear, but I loved it. Um, great film. Highly recommend going out to see it, especially because it's one of those that a lot of people like. This happens a lot with a lot of films. A lot of people write them off before they even come out. Like I feel like this is one just a lot of people just determined just wasn't going to be a great movie, and uh, it is. So go go watch it because I don't know why everyone just wrote this off. And it, it happens, you know, a couple times a year with every movie. There's like a movie that's great, but everyone's already decided it's going to suck. It is like it was always going to happen though. It's it's weird because like Tyler, I'd be keen to, for you to watch now. I know you like it, uh, Black Hat. I have seen it because that came out when I worked at the movie theater, but it's been, you know, it came out 10 years ago. So that's when I saw it. Yeah, like 2015, 2014. It was the same with that, like, and Public Enemies as well, where like the digital age of man's filmmaking, people just aren't fans of it. It's kind of weird. I don't know. But yeah, people aren't, a lot of people aren't It's Michael Mann. It's like, you know, whenever he has a new film coming out, it's people literally love or hate it most of the time. It's one of those kind of things, but I'm definitely, I think he's great. I mean, isn't that kind of the same? It's kind of the same as like more modern Francis Ford Coppola as well. I feel like most people yeah, are with the apocalypse now. I, I, and I think it would be the same age. with like, uh, you know, when he comes out with Megalopolis, which is meant right. to be next year, by the way. And I, I just don't think he will because I think it was originally meant to be this year. Then he got pushed back. And it's that's Adam Driver, obviously his, him starring in it, him leading it. I, I, I just, I'm really excited for it, but I don't think it'll be coming out. And I think it'll be the same reaction mm -hmm. to that. I can just say it already. Do you know what I mean? It's the same. Mm -hmm. These classic filmmakers kind of take a different approach that people aren't, you know, used to maybe. And uh, mm -hmm. people just yeah aren't really into it all the time. Yeah, at this point in 2023, well, I guess people listening is January 1st, 2024. If a movie doesn't have a release date in 2024, I'm going to be very cautious about well, it actually coming out in 2024. Mickey 17, we're still getting the same picture. That releases in yeah, they're going March. the Killers of Flower Moon route. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I've just got a bad feeling about. It. There's no like teaser. The well, same. It's picture. funny because that 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 really went the whole like 
arc too because when that first image came out we got like the teaser trailer i was like this is really really early for this to be coming out i'm very surprised they're already really that was like they just stuck ages ago that was like over a year ago wasn't forever. it that was like one of our earliest real talk podcasts i feel like we're talking about that bong joon ho and how like excited that. we were and then nothing's changed yeah. and it comes out in three months which is crazy by the way but fuck, who knows cam percy jackson as someone who hasn't seen anything and barely diving into the discourse i'm just going to predict I've seen mixed reactions, but mostly people are more positive than initially maybe expecting. Is that kind of right? Maybe more positive. Yeah, I think the, I think the first uh, two episodes were really good, um, really enjoyable. I don't, I don't know how. How like, many are out? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah, the first two. You didn't were love the really third. Enjoyable. Didn't love the third. I don't know how big of like Percy Jackson fans you guys are, but Percy Honor Jackson for me was like a, was like Harry Potter. Um, I like I I didn't read Harry Potter as a kid, but my, my mom read the books to me. Um, obviously that was you know a long long time ago. But Percy Jackson probably the only series that I've read like multiple times. Um, I, I was really into it as a kid. Um, the show is is fine. I think that I think the main three castings really great. Um, I think they're doing a fantastic job. Um, the the supporting cast is kind of kind of hard. Uh, to get behind i don't love it as much as like the movie and i don't think um the cast the supporting cast is all that amazing but it's a, it's a lot of like small name actors like the movie you know you had um who is it mother uh shit um josh brolin no someone someone like that josh brolin was fucking in it and now i'm blanking uh and i'll look it up right now but uh, I think I, I I don't like that as them as much, um, but I, I I enjoyed the first two episodes, and then the third episode was um, was just not my favorite. Uh, Did you like? Uh, I asked Anna this, and she Pierce said Brockman, that's the, that's she preferred one and two. But come, did you like? Wasn't Medusa in three? She said she yeah. Really so Medusa's in three, uh, played by Jessica Parker Kennedy, who who. Um, you know, is not a big actor actress, but she uh, she was in the Flash TV show, so I know her from that. So, but she was also she was on screen. Did you guys read the books? Did you say? I've not read them though. Oh, okay. Like, uh, yeah. Um, she 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 wasn't like a big villain by any means in the books, but she was on screen for like two and a half minutes. She played by Uma Thurman in the movie, so obviously, like playing playing by her or being played by her, like um, gets more time on screen or gets a little bit. Maybe she doesn't, and I'm just misremembering the movies like crazy. And I know this is supposed to be like more faithful adaptation to the um, books. books, but there's just there's just no tension in the third episode at all. Like, and and I was a big proponent of when the trailers came out. Like, it's a children's movie. It's a uh, children's uh, TV show. That was like George. Was yeah, going George crazy. was all mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, but like it's a young adult, it's young adult books, so it's a young yeah, adult yeah. Uh, show. So we're saying like 12, 13. The books like talk like the way they defeat Medusa's cut off her head. Um, and then you can still use her head to like turn people to stone, right? Um yeah. in the show, they have a so like Annabeth, the main girl character, she has a hat that like turns you can turn you invisible, useful hat to have. Um, but they put it on Medusa before swinging at the head, um, which is just like they put a hat on Medusa. Uh, yeah, so like it turns her invisible, and then they cut oh, her head, okay. so yeah, you yeah. don't see anything. Not from the book. That's just like how they make it young adult, right? And childish. Oh, yeah, 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 but okay. like before that, even there's just no tension at all. Um, 
my dogs are freaking out because like people are just like minding their own business i don't know how often your dogs do that tyler but my dogs are the worst for it people are just like doing their own thing in their backyard and they start going crazy oh, yeah. um um but yeah it's just frustrating that there's like like i understand it being for children or for young adults but i think I, I made a TikTok about this this week. Like, I think you can show a fake severed head that has like stakes on the, like you could show, you don't have to show blood or anything. They show it in, they show it in the movies, which are obviously more, um, more tuned for maybe older kids, like maybe yeah. 15, 16, 17. But I think you could show a 12 year old, uh, uh, not like not maybe a real head with blood splattering everywhere. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, it's a it's a fucking head with snakes on it. Like they obviously know that's not real. It's not going to turn your kid into a serial killer. And if it does, there's definitely like, they were predisposed other, to be a yeah, serial. Yeah, there's killer. other things going on. This is not the thing that turns the kid into a serial killer or gets them really into like cutting off heads. And and like when you look at Harry Potter, the first movie, yeah, it's lighthearted, but you still get it's like, not even not that the, the ending. It's, the it's ending, yeah, like still the ending's weird. dark and like and like you have to choke him out. It's for crazy. children, like it's still PG rated, right? Yeah, uh, it's pretty insane that like they they didn't show anything, and um, and, and I'm not saying you have to, but there's no tension because of it. Like there's literally like they just put the hat on her swing. And then the hat stays on, right? So you like hear the rolling yeah, like, yeah. kind of, but you don't see anything. And then later in the episode, like one minute later, they like from a distance show him take off the hat. He uses the like head to turn uh, uh, like bad creature into stone, right? You don't see anything though. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just a little frustrating because like people are like not happy with this episode um, uh, from from what I've seen also my, you know, when your TikToks do well and I texted you guys this and like the comment section just changes, changes into like a riot and nothing like yeah. what the video is about. I this, know that feeling too. This well. just got into like how Disney's woke and ruins everything. And I'm like, well, it's not, that wasn't the point. Like, it, I don't what is like the, the woke thing about this one? Like, do they change Annabeth, the character? It's probably got Annabeth black people. Black. Yeah, it's just like, wow. it's like, it's like you have, you have ethnicity in your show and that's woke apparently. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, people are yeah. such morons. Yeah, honestly. people are idiots. Um, But like, <laughs> that was just like a huge uproar on my, on my video. And just all the comments are about that. It was just so idiotic. I was just kind of talking about how, like, I think you could show a 12 year old, like a, a fake snake, snake haired head. Um, and they'll be just, uh, they'll be just fine. Cause like in the books you, it describes it. So it's a young adult book. Well, I mean, think of like Lord of the Rings. Like it's the same thing. I know Lord of the Rings, no, is, Lord not of the Rings is not audience. young adult, but like it's got more mature audience, but at the same time, like you think about the films, like they're still like, like why yeah, don't you come from the viewers? Like, like, you know, things like that. Like you don't have to have that to make your show more mature. And there's, it's, there's a, a big difference between being childish and having your, your fight scenes like last one and a half seconds. So there's zero tension at all. Um, and there's just nothing in this episode that like had any tension at all. And I, I was quite bummed about it because like I said, huge, huge fan of this franchise. I don't love the movies, but like, I think they do some aspects well. Um, and they're obviously not super, uh, they're known to not be like great book adaptations, um but they, they you know they they cover the points that you need to hit right and i i kind of wish the show went a little more into that um because like i mentioned like harry potter yeah it starts a little younger but it's still dark at the end especially yeah, like you, you mentioned seth and, and stranger things is like a show that was for like younger audiences but it got popular because it's not like 
it's not like for kids it's you're not gonna have i don't understand i don't understand the thought process at, at disney where they think they're gonna have a big franchise that does well if they're only appealing to to 10 year olds you need a you need a show that a 10 year old can watch but a 20 year old can you know get behind a little bit to where like it doesn't have to be much again like there's no blood splattering there's no like you, you don't have to cuss or anything during it you don't have to like hear anything from the severed head you just like treat it almost as like a ball rolling um and, and it's not just that it's just like the fact that this whole episode is basically like they're always like going after a villain that's trying to kill them and you don't have any sense of like oh they could die you know you don't have any sense of that and i think that's the hardest thing about like making it childish is like how can you get behind this as not um like a 10 year old um and have any like have any like it, investment in the show um and then at the end lin-manuel miranda was teased like a thanos level character uh he just like he's hermes in the show so they they ship medusa's head to mount olympus as like a hey this person was trying to kill a bunch of olympians and we killed her what you know but they ship her head which that's like a brutal subject in general you're shipping a severed head so like you don't see anything, but it's still there. And then they like tease Lin-Manuel Miranda, Miranda taking it to Mount Olympus. And I'm like, just throw this in the fucking like start of the next episode. No one's sitting on their deck on their couch going, woo, Lin-Manuel getting pumped for him. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And he's got his fingers in the brains of every Disney exec to where he's like, while I'm in the episode, I got to sing. So he's like singing some uh, elevator tune. It's just stupid. I think you hit the nail on the head with Stranger Things, though, because obviously massively successful show with, you know, mm -hmm. teens, kids, but also, you know, plenty of adults are in love with that show, too. Yeah. I think they just did a perfect balance of whether you love Stranger Things or not. You can't deny, you know, it, it's it, 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 it's been well, it, it's perfectly done the appeal to people ages 13 to 50. Like, you know, yeah, it can, exactly. can kind of get everyone. Exactly. Unrelated, but you have a very pretty cat back there. That cat's Thank very you. pretty. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she is very pretty. She's uh, she's great. Um yeah, it's just, it's not something I, I don't think it'll take, this show will take off if they still go like this. I'm still a believer you can grow with your audience and I think they'll try to do that. But I think you got to start a little bit more mature and maybe season two takes a jump. Obviously like season one's done. Maybe season two takes a jump, we'll see. But I think if season one and then season two struggle, we're not getting a three, four, five and then we have the movies again. Um, to do where, you think, Cameron, that, um, shout out Joe, he said this to me and I said he's chatting shit. He said that Eight from yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. from the first two episodes, this has the potential to be like a much bigger thing than Harry Potter. No, he's a, no, I, I I like you, Joe. Fucking idiot take. I already said this to him, idiot don't worry. Take. I already said this to him, don't worry. Okay. Right. I'll yeah. say this. I, I I've never talked to him, so like I hope he doesn't get offended by me saying idiot take, but uh yeah, silly take, silly take. I agree. I agree. Well, Sorry. we only we only have one trailer this week, but Cam, can you hit us with a with a jingle? Hey, hey, hey! It's trailer time. You like that little addition? Did you? Perfect. Hear? Yeah, I did. I did get the drums. Um, Perfect. Rebel Moon Part Two: The Scar Giver. We obviously talked extensively <laughs> about Rebel Moon Part One last week, so we don't talk too much about this. But has this trailer? I mean, I, this is a rhetorical question. I feel like, but has this trailer made you more excited for Part Two than you otherwise were? After I just don't part care one? anymore. I'm not even going to watch the extended edition. I just don't care about the film. 
just shout out the best tweet of all time and i sent it to you guys and got immediate ha-has for it if you start Zack snyder's movie rebel moon at exactly 9 46 p.m on new year's eve it will sync up perfectly with you turning it off at 10 p.m because it's just not very good (laughs) that all-time tweet hilarious man Uh, yeah the thing is like you know it's coming like we're gonna get bombarded with i know you know watch the snyder cut you'll change your whole opinion and you know, George might be the it. one to storm that beach and watch that first. And then it'll probably be like Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're about one better. to two years later. George will finally get us to watch it. We'll probably be like, yeah, okay, it's better. Fine, but I guarantee it's better. But like, wow, you just, I don't know. I stand by, you just can't do that. You can't make a movie that's shit and, and half done just because you have another cut coming. And, yeah. And is part two gonna have two cuts? Like what? You know, <laughs> I, it wouldn't know. surprise me. It really four wouldn't movies me. for two movies is just so dumb. Like eight hours. Let's see. So it'd be two and then four. So there's six. Twelve hours of of Rebel Moon for four. Yeah. For two movies is absurd. Yeah. I don't Exciting. Know. It's just even funnier that he made the comment this week about like how he says. The problem with comic oh. book movies nowadays is that they're not self-contained. And it's like, I you're like releasing that. four movies for your, one. I liked your tweet, Tyler. That was yeah. a good um, But I mean, for the pro Snyder fans, the pro Rebel Moon fans, Netflix announced on Tuesday that it was the most viewed title uh, generating 23.9 million views in three days. So I don't know if that was, I think it might be like the most viewed like debut movie ever for a Netflix original. So well, good for that. There's good. one oh, movie shit. like Murder Mystery or, or something that has absurd views, man. Yeah, no, maybe this is just like stats are always like that night agent show they, went they're crazy. Lying, man. They're lying. No, they're not though, because I know people like the night agent show, for example. I've not spoken to anyone in the film industry, but then like Anna watched it, my mum watched it. These things do crazy well outside of like us. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, yeah. I posted a video on like the top most watched video movie yeah, yeah, shows yeah. of the year on Netflix. And I was like, I never even heard of anyone watching the night agent. My comments are flooded with people being like, you never heard of the phenomenal. Night agent. Oh shit. I'm well, I've heard of it, but I never heard of anyone watching it. Like, I know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, every, yeah. All my comments are like, no, it's great. I love it. It's like, I oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's Red Notice. That's the movie that I was thinking of. Oh, shit. Like the one with the. It's allegedly got 500 million viewing hours, which is just absurd. Oh, and that's you know the what? one. Fuck me. You know man. what Netflix is going to do, too? They're going to combine the viewing hours of both uh rebel moon uh cuts and say yeah. that they had like 200 billion hours of, of viewing hours or whatever yeah. you know it's, yeah god don't look up is in second shout out adam mckay I like that. um jumping into movie news uh pretty light this week but unfortunate news lee sun kyun best known for his oh. role in parasite passed away at the age of 48 it was amid a drug investigation i went down a deep rabbit hole of south korean drug laws and yeah a very serious thing there obviously you know in america here we have so many people um, locked up unjustly for drug charges but south korea is almost just like a whole new level in terms of how much it can ruin people's lives um we we reviewed burning on real quick earlier this year you are in the main main guy in burning kind of going opposite steven yun he's in facing trial right now for drug charges in south korea as well so like just hope he makes it through okay because it's one of those things like if you smoke weed there it's 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 a very serious thing, and that's uh, just unfortunate. Because, and I, I, I wish I wrote it down, but there's a couple other examples of notable actors, South Korean actors, that have taken their own lives as well due to drug investigation charges. Very serious stuff. So, devastating to hear about Lee Seung Kyun. Obviously, phenomenal actor, and and de- 48 is just way too young. And then, of course, definitely thinking about UIN from we. I know him from Burning. I'm sure he's been on other stuff and is great. Thinking about him too, as he's currently facing 
charges the same thing, uh, drug use in South Korea. So just a, just very tough, very tough, um, disappointing news. But on somewhat more of a lighter note, Jeremy Renner is returning to work just under a year after his severe snowplow accident that almost took his leg and took his life. So great for him. Glad to see he's been able to bounce back from that really devastating, devastating injury. Um, kind of less uh, devastating actor news, but um, devastating, I guess, if you're a Christopher Land Landon fan. He exits as director of Scream 7, which means Scream 7 now has no director and no cast. Good. It's just such a massive IP. I don't think they're going to can it, but I have no clue what you do yeah. at this point. Like, there's no way that Scream 7 is going to come out next year, which I think initially was a no plan. shot. I like your ebbing and flowing right now with movie news, Tyler. You're really going back and forth on this one with good, bad news. I, I tried to try to line them up in a way where it's like, yeah, you know, sure. I don't want to just be too too down in the dumps and sure. you know look at some of the bright sides. But Christopher Landon out and just rewatching the final scene of Scream 6 too. It's like, which shout out Melissa Barrera for standing on business and staying out of the Scream franchise and not coming back. But the way, like I'm thinking from a Scream executive ex standpoint, they, they couldn't have ended it worse. Like same, same thing with the Jonathan Majors with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Couldn't have ended it worse for having I, to like- Loki does tie actor. it up a little bit. Just uh, Loki, Loki's helpful. I know you haven't okay. watched it. But yeah, fair. Loki season two kind of ties oh, it. I thought you were saying Loki. Yeah, same. I did too. I was like, I was <laughs> no. like, I don't know. Melissa Barrett at Scream Six. I thought no, was about sorry. to have yeah. massive impact. In Scream Just 7. going on a on a Marvel tangent. Like they very clearly, I think, knew something was up, like or changed something at the end of Loki to give it an opportunity to tie it in a bow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it, it, I think they'll figure it figure it out. MCU in a different shambles right now but i just wanted to say that well um yeah scream we, we, who knows what will come of it I, I i'm a huge fan of the scream franchise but obviously not really excited for the future of it i'm not uh, watching this shit alex garland's civil war has a runtime of one hour and 49 minutes not three People, hours and 15 so minutes funny. as to be reported so which i'm still gonna watch it i'm still interested in the movie but it disappointed me a little bit because one hour 49 is like bordering on like a very short runtime and the fact that the trailer looked so generic and, you know, we talked about it when we talked about the trailer. I was like, maybe there's going to be some sci-fi, huge Alex Garland level twist. But I'm really starting to think this is going to be a Purge-esque type movie. You know, you better than fucking Matt anyway. Who knows? Yeah, gotta be. You know who's great in, in uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is great in, in everything. Like, yeah, so. he is great in everything, obviously. But he, obviously, he's in Civil War. Um, and I just I kind of thought about that. I didn't think I touched mm -hmm. on that. He's great. He's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, the cast is, it's got like Hayley Spalian, I think, as well. Like Kirsten Dunst, yeah. they, they come as like a pair. Cast, they? Yeah. Kirsten Dunst and Jess Plummers. And then there's a few other people as well. Like, but I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not one of those people who just cuts off a director, but men was so tone deaf, shit, nonsense, twat, awful shit. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I do that. On the back. What you are? Remember the vagina on the back of the. It's bottom. just oh man, I, I just. But then it, have you didn't have you seen his other two films? I think his other two films are great. I really. Ex I, that's honestly my first. Uh, oh uh, yes, that's not a good uh, impression to have because like his first. Yeah. Um, Ex Machina and Annihilation. Uh, both like obviously uh, if George was here, so he's a massive fan of both. But like Tyler, especially you, mm -hmm. I think you'd really Ex Machina. I think you'd love. And it's got your boy in it. It's got Domo Gleason as the main guy as well. Yeah, I, I, I need to get on it because I, okay. I, I, I'm i familiar with, I've, I've seen quite a few Alex Garland movies in terms of ones he's, writ he's written and I love it. Like 28 yeah, yeah. Days Later, um, Sunshine is one of my favorites that I, I just watched I've this past year. Um, but but yeah, the in terms of directing, this is, Men was his yeah, third, definitely I believe, watched. the first two. Yeah, was, Men was the third and then uh, Ex Machina, I think, was it? Oh, so yeah, Ex Machina was the first and he did Annihilation with like Natalie Portman. 
I think they're both great, like as sci-fis. And I mean, that's probably a good sign because obviously this uh, Civil War is like a kind of a big action war sci-fi epic, I guess. So I think this is a better sign than him trying to do horror again because, yeah, you know, I think that was, mm -hmm. you know, that's what it is. Yeah, I can't. So I, I saw the trailer in theaters for the first time when I, when I went to see the Iron Claw, which already is a very like dad movie. So the theater was very, you know, like dad age. So when the Civil War trailer came out, they were very interested in it. Were, it, were it. I, I think this movie will do pretty well at the box office. I don't know if it'll do like Buku numbers based on what the budget is, but I, I think, you know, this is going to tap is in this exactly what they were trying to do. A24 movie, yeah, is that right? By, by yeah. a long shot. So I, I think it's going to tap into the, like, you know, the election year coming up pretty well, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to, you know, be a billion dollar close to, because is your like, election next year. Yeah. End of next year. Oh yeah. I thought it was 2026. So I, yeah, I think obviously the timing of this movie is very deliberate. Yeah. Um, probably final piece of news is just a minor funny thing i want to throw in is harris dickinson says he was only given a short amount of time to gain muscle for the iron claw i can't remember what bit of news we had a couple weeks ago about someone saying they didn't have enough time to prepare for something and it's just kind of funny to be like a after the fact be like guys just so you know like i wasn't fully able to prepare and i can't remember what the parallel was i was trying to make it that news but because uh, Jer jeremy allen white is jacked in the iron claw and obviously zach efron zach efron and harris dickinson like he looks great in it but he's not you know their level so it's just kind of like a funny bit of news be like guys i didn't have that much time to prepare for this role. is he good i love how i think he's so good yeah he's I, really, think, I think he's really great in everything him. but he's he's also great in this yeah but the funny thing is too like the von eric brothers in real life are just like six foot four and like jacked beyond belief so like they got jacked up for this movie but at the end of the day these are all like five foot seven actors and they're playing like i was six gonna say four, like, all are the actors because actors are notably very short no like jeremy allen white uh, harris dickinson might be like harris dickinson, jeremy allen tall. white and He's zach tall. efron are definitely very not tall yeah i think harris dickinson is like five four so i gotta mm -hmm. think they're short too yeah but just kind of funny just to be like guys i didn't I have did enough see. time to prepare for this i saw zach efron just roided out of his fucking mind that guy's body is crazy that is a fucking mm -hmm. I mean, he's got a sexy body. What can I say? He looks very, very what, good. What's the name of the guy who plays Thad Castle who's also in Jack Reacher? Oh, my that? God. Is he, it Alan? He, what's his name? Alan, 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 oh, Alan Arkin? Not Alan, Alan Arkin. Rickman. That's Rickman. the old guy. Alan Rickman. Rickman. No. Yeah. Wait. No, no, no. Alan Rick. No, that's... No, Alan... Let me check. Let me check. I'm Alan Rickman is, uh, is Snape. Alan Rich. Alan Richson. Alan, Alan Richson. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I saw an interview he, with him saying he never has taken steroids until season two of Reacher. That's, I'm like, dude, there's the no way are we talking about yeah. that dude is like he, bigger than his arms are bigger than my and the proportions head, are the crazy. His head you know? doesn't fit his body. It's the yeah, weirdest. Yeah, he, you see him in like Fast yeah. X, for example, that was crazy in like the polo. He has the he's like the ultimate like mega chad, I swear. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I like him because he seems like a really nice guy, but the interview is one of the most like annoying actor in I like him. He did the yeah. no, I like him a lot too, but he did the classic they like they're like, What's your secret? Contract. And he's like you know, I, he's like just 45 minutes in the gym. And like I eat pizza for lunch and that's about it. Like a classic, I, like I don't like, do that um, much and I look like this type. Do you know when Michael, Michael B. Jordan did the first Creed and he had like that crazy transformation? He went on like Radio 1, which is the main station here. And he was like, oh, just if you just drink four liters of water, a gallon of water, uh, chicken and veg a day, you'll, you'll get to where I am. It's like, no, you fucking won't. Yeah, no I one swear, like, all, works. The, all these juiced actors i swear have a group chat with each other and they just like like who can say the funniest thing in an interview as like the reason they're this as like the reason yeah chris evans when he did i'm sorry bradley cooper when he did american sniper and he was just saying like he trained four hours a day i was like that, that'd lose you muscle if anything no one trains yeah, he bulked up like he gained a lot of like fat like he obviously looked great but he gained a lot of like you know fat yeah body weight yeah, yeah. For that role too but yeah just 
just funny because so many of these actors are juicing and Alan Rich, you're, you're not fooling yeah. anybody. You're not I'll anybody. tell you right now, every Hollywood actor who plays any role like that is on steroids. That's a fact. That's mm-hmm. a fact. So yeah. just if you're listening, don't set your body standards to those people because you won't be reaching them. Retweet very bad body standards, but unless uh, you're unless you're Cam, who's just got the physique of a a very a very chart. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm sure they had di- different stuff around back when Christian Bale was doing all his weight losses, but man, I bet he wishes like Ozempic was a thing back then to help him out when he's trying to lose his weight for the machinist and 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 give him a little bit of yeah. boost to losing that weight. But I'm sure he's just his machinist physique was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely so crazy. But we've got the time that I think everyone's waiting for. At least I've been waiting for. I'm really excited to share these with you. The Real Talk Award nominations Woo! are going to be revealed. We have 20 categories, and we have in visual form so if you're listening on audio maybe you want to jump over to jump over to the the video version let me share this screen the real talk award nominations and we'll just reveal them one by one going category by category kind of building up i like this yeah this should should be fun so last year i think we probably had like a week or two runtime before the real talk awards where we like thought of the idea of the real talk awards we're like oh we should do like an award show so I, I saw, I'd say time and time again, I thought our award show went great last year. And I'm still like looking back a year ago, like I'm still very happy with our winners. Like, um, you know, for sure. Uh, yeah. All our winners I thought were like better than the Oscar winners for all the, all these yeah, yeah, we gave a lot more love to after sun. Um, but yeah. So now this year though, I'm really proud of all our nominees. I think we did a great job in all these categories, a lot of fun categories as well. Man, so how does don't know these by the way. Yeah. So how it worked is I sent all three of them and then me obviously ballots to just na- list like your ranking of each category. And then I compile all of our overall rankings, scored them and took the top um, 10 for best picture and worst picture top six for best director, best actor and best actress. And then five nominees for each other category. How this is going to work is the ballots are available in the description down below. Again, if you're a patron, go to Patreon for your specific ballot. Cause you're going to be counted for more. Um, I mean, if you want to do the social media one, that's fine. But the one on Patreon is going to get your, your vote weighted more than the other one otherwise would have so go check out patreon down below there's a perfect time to join and this is january 1st we're releasing our nominees voting is going to happen for two weeks and then on january 14th on real talk episode 70 is going to be our award show where we're going to reveal these it's going to be a a black tie event you got to dress up even to listen to it wear your sunday best and uh yeah it's gonna be a real fun show we have a lot planned for it to make it a lot more of like a a production this year so I, i hope it Turns out well, but we have a lot of stuff cooking in the background. But let's jump into this. Real Talk Award nominees for Funniest Film. We're going to reveal them one by one. Funniest Film of the Year Real Talk Award nominees. Barbie is our first Hell nominee. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Yeah. Boom. Hey, boom. You don't Should like Dungeons and Dragons? Funniest Film of the Year. I didn't find it that funny, I'll be honest. Barbie, yeah, you find it, Dungeons you find and Dragons. Bitch. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has also yeah, been nominated for Funniest Film of the Year. Heck yeah. The Killers yeah. made the yeah. cut as the funniest film of the year, which I think is just an incredibly underrated comedy from people who haven't seen it yet, just don't realize how funny it really is. And the final nominee, Wonka. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, funniest cool, film. So cool. our nominees Wonka for funniest funny. film of the year are Barbie, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, The Killer, and Wonka. I think that's a strong lineup for funniest film of the year. Yeah, a little no, bit it's not cheap. Yeah, that's a really good lineup. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, really good. We're, we're the we're, our, our reward show is based. We're, next next category. The Meg two was on mine. It didn't make the cut. Unfortunately, did not. There's a lot of. I mean, obviously, we, we are like, in there. I think. I think yeah, there's a lot of movies. Obviously, we all voted for that didn't make the cut because the big thing is obviously, which is the point of the Real Talk Awards, which I guess I'll say time and time again is that 
there's stuff we love that maybe only one of us has seen, which again, just like we all can't see everything. A lot of stuff too, like is getting limited releases. There's a lot of December releases that are going to be suffering. There's a lot of international film. I'll repeat it before we get to there. That's the big thing where there's so much international films, many international films that have just not been released at all. That is just, it's tough to try to make the category. So there's stuff that probably should have been included that a year from now will be like, how did that not get included? But at the end of the day, we can only judge what we've seen. Best horror film of the year, Real Talk Award nominees. First nominee, Evil Dead Rise making it into the rankings of the final five. Yeah. Cam, I don't think you've seen it, but no, I told you I texted you guys just yeah, to throw, out, throw out my horror ballot this mm-hmm. year. Did, have you seen Talk to Me, Cam? No. When I oh, uh, when I like filtered my letterbox like 2023 rankings and then filtered it for horror. Look at the cabin. It, it, like, yeah, it, it's tough. Thing. No, it's it, we'll see if anything comes up, but I'll I'll explain it mm-hmm. after. But yeah, well, now for all of us listening and all you listening at home, like if you haven't seen movies that we have on our nominees, like try over the next two weeks, including like you host and George listening, try and prioritize these movies so you can give a proper ballot. I'm going to be honest, the horror battery <laughs> might not be. <laughs> the second I nominee for best horror film of the year, Knock at the Cabin. I'm like, Shaman's not. Yeah. It's not a horror, horror. But yeah. Yeah, it's more yeah. thriller for me. But again, we talk about this time and time again. Genres are just tough. But we want to at least to shout out horror and comedy. And I put it Because there's so many times where those films just won't really contend in other yeah. categories. So you want to give them a shout out. Best talk picture. to me. Yes. Talk to me also. Best horror film of the year. Thanksgiving. Eli Roth's yeah. Thanksgiving. And oh, the final wait. nominee for best that horror. Wait, what? Let's see if I... I do, it, do it, Tyler. One evil lurks. Hey. Yes, yeah. cool. when evil cool. lurks. So evil Whatever dead rise, knock at the cabin, talk to me, Thanksgiving, when evil lurks. I think it's a great lineup of best horror films of the year. I would have preferred Saw 10 over Evil Dead Rise, but I think overall it's a it's a good list. That's it's my like, five. I'm I realizing yeah, I didn't five. I'm realizing I didn't have Thanksgiving on my on my rankings. So I'm sorry for snubbing Thanksgiving. But well, it's still a nomination. I'm glad it I'm glad it got nommed. I'm glad it got nommed. Next category is the best comic book film of the year. First nominee, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I haven't seen it. Well, now you know what you can watch over the next two weeks. Yeah. Which actually is, is, it's it's yeah, a fun movie. So I think everyone in general has been positive about it. it. Yeah. Yeah, Second yeah. nominee is Blue Beetle. Sure. I put this down. I oh, get yeah. a 2.5, but I put that yeah. down. Third nominee, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Hell yeah. Worst one of the year. Yeah, whatever. Hell yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Wait. in the fourth. Hell yeah. The, and the killer okay. in the fifth spot. So sure. we were the real close like the flash just got snubbed and that just speaks to i, feel I like put the marvels on mine i, I didn't love marvel. teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem but i can admit like a, a lot of other people do love it so that's fine but blue beetle was kind of the one that was like you know just kind of made the bump because the fifth one was <laughs> mine, but, but, re- but really the top three you know gardens galaxy volume three spider-man across spider-verse and the killer are, are kind of leaps and bounds above everything i wouldn't else. even say that title i'd say like teenage mutant ninja turtles from reception is much higher than the killer from like what i see on ratings and stuff like that yeah that's I'd fair yeah. that role see it's kind of weird yeah, but the the flash was the, the sixth spot that just got barely cut, and that's just how competitively there are gonna be people bad that are mad about that one. There are going to be people that are yeah, mad. people yeah. Flash would have got people mad that's on there or mad that's yeah, on George. There. George is seething right now. The flash is not there. Sorry, George. The Real Talk Award nominees for Best Stunt Ensemble of the Year category that needs to be added to the Oscars, but it's not to recognize just incredible stunts and action sequences we see yeah. throughout the year. First nominee. Also, for people tracking at home, this isn't an alphabetical order by movie or name or anything. So, like when you know, they're just random orders. So, first Creed three, 
best. Oh, shit. I agree. I, so yeah. I didn't know. I, I'm glad I got this right. I didn't really know if we were doing movie or if I was sp- sp- supposed to like look up specific stunt men or stunt, stunt women. Men. Uh, no, that, that's, that's the same so thing I'm for visual effects, too. Right. You're kind of just going by the movie because yeah, yeah, yeah. visual effects. I mean, cinematographer is like a cinematographer. Costume design, there's like a lead yeah. costume designer. But visual effects is always like a team of like six people listed on the award. Okay. So I was just like, we're just going to stick to the movie. I'm glad I Wait, got it. Did we, do we have to name the person for cinematographer? Because I didn't. I, I, don't worry. I, I, I did all the work yesterday. Don't worry. Okay, cool. <laughs> Creed 3, second nominee, Extraction yeah, 2. See, I that's why like, I like categories like this because Extraction 2's act, action deserved you know some recognition, but obviously yeah. it wasn't going to be i'm glad i'm glad it made it because i definitely john wick four of course i think is one other one that's just an obvious one for this year and that's mission impossible dead reckoning hell yeah that's the one that's the one and two right there and the final is the killer so obviously that fight sequence was incredible i think it was a great lineup of best stunt ensembles one that just missed the cut was dungeons dragons honor amongst thieves but like i said i think so far our nominees are these categories are good categories these are strong categories big fan Best visual effects of 2023, five nominees. The first, Godzilla yep. minus one. Easy. Incredible for what they were able to do with their budget. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Crazy. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. For a year yeah. where we were just filled Marvel's with back. just some of the worst comic book movie <laughs> visual effects pieces, you know, the Flash specifically, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I don't really remember any issues I have with the visual effects. Marvel's so bad. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oppenheimer. We are Obviously. better than the Oscars. Yeah, was it even the short list, or was it even the long list that it wasn't even included in visual effects? Like, just crazy. It's like big yeah. idiots over yeah. there. Crazy. It's got to be because it's going to be nominated for so many other things. Like, there's got to be a reason they've not put it down. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. And the final one, the creator. Oh, we yeah, all just cool. yeah, yeah. This, from this year, but no one can deny the visuals. Uh, are visually, it's great. Yeah, visually. So Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Oppenheimer, and the creator are our nominees for best. Perfect list. Next category: best costume design. First Just nominee, one. Wonka, Linda Hemming for Wonka. Charlinda, Charlinda. Hell yeah. Barbie, Jacqueline Duran for Barbie. Shout also I mean, hell yeah. Great costumes in Barbie. Shout yeah, Jacqueline. Sure. Shout Jacqueline. Holly Waddington for Poor Things. Oh, Holly. Makes sense. I haven't seen it. Makes sense. Jacqueline West for Killers Get of the, the Flower Moon. Yeah. So there's two Jacquelines. We've got Duran and West. So Jacqueline, strong name in the costume. I don't side. hate it. I don't hate and it. And Astro City is the final one. Which one are you upset? Oh, Napoleon's crazy in costume design. Napoleon was snug. I, I haven't. Absurd. I didn't put it on because I haven't seen it. To be honest with you, I'm sorry. Tyler, you back me up. That's absurd. I can't believe this. Oh. For the first snub of the evening is Napoleon not being That's awarded absurd. for best. It ended in number seventh in our That's rankings. Bobby. That's crazy. Fifteen total films that made the shortlist. Seventh was Napoleon. Maestro was right above it, but oh, George hasn't seen Napoleon either. Yeah, we oh, can only go based off of what we've uh, what we've yeah. seen. I, I will say there are a lot of if things got like big buzz, like I threw them on my list if I haven't seen them yet because my my goal is to see everything before the awards. The Napoleon's uh, the costumes and the setups and the production was the, the the only really great thing about it. I'm sorry, nah. Ridley Scott, tough pill to swallow for your costume oh, designing team. But Wonka, Barbie, Poor Things, Killers of Flower Moon, and Asteroid City are our nominees for best costume design. Now we're on to best production design. Our five nominees are Asteroid City. Yeah. Asteroid City, Adam yeah. Stockhausen. Yeah, Adam, number one. Deserve. Sarah Greenwood for Barbie. Deserve. Incredible. It's probably going to be on this as well. It won't, obviously. Whatever. Shauna Heath for Poor Deserve. Things. Shauna. 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 Ruth DeYoung for Oppenheimer. Deserved. 
Nathan Crowley for Wonka. Napoleon I, I, I didn't even like love. I give Napoleon like a three star. But if there's one thing that it just did so well was his design, his costumes, its layout. That's a crazy. This, this for Napoleon for this one. This one was in sixth place, um, just barely missing the cut. I'd have it over all of these except one. I I gave it it was, it was three on my rankings. So I, I Barbie and Poor Things I think are just like the clear two. I, well, I haven't seen Poor Things. I, I'd have Asteroid City maybe over it. That's only it. When does that come out in the UK? We got to get you a screen. Hey, so, I'm seeing it on the seventh, actually. Oh, so perfect! And that, that, that's well, perfect, Seth. I love that. And we're gonna get you. You can vote for it or or not in, the, in these nominees. Best cinematography. The nominees are for best cinematography Killer. of the year. Yeah. Robert, Robert yeah. Yeoman for Asteroid City. Ciao, Rob. I feel like the Oscars are about to snub Asteroid City like crazy, but this might be our after sun moment of the year where Asteroid City were given love to that. I don't think it's going to be nominated for like anything at this rate. Honestly. Asteroid City might be our Banshee's Tyler. You never know. That could be. Eric Messerschmidt for Ferrari, best cinematography. Yeah. Rodrigo Prieto, Killers Ciao, of the Rob. Flower Moon. Absolutely. Hoyt Van Hoytema, Oppenheimer. I swear to Christ. Oh my. And Robbie Ryan for Poor Things. My number Napoleon, one. Napoleon is our this year. Oh, is it? No, no. no. The Killer, I think, are the best cinematography of the year. The Killer cinematography is it did crazy. Look it did that look was, great. well, I guess that, I that wasn't that high. That was my number one. That's crazy. Oh, but man. um, Eric Messerschmidt still got nominated, though. He got nominated for Ferrari. Yeah, true, true. The true. ones that were right on the outside looking in were The Creator, which cinematography and visual effects, it was strong on Past Lives and The Killer. The, ones the killer i may have snubbed i'll be honest like thinking about it i i am sorry i that. i think that i'd like the best some of the best shots of the year like, so it was absurd how good that looked well again eric it's okay you're still nominated in the real talk awards for for best film in there i'll take it best score of the year best original score we got five nominees godzilla minus one hell absolutely yeah. hell yeah um, absolutely see. godzilla scores always bang always Godzilla minus one score. Naoki Sato. I have this on my other Ciao, screen. Naoki. Yep. Killers of the Flower Moon. Robbie Robertson. Ciao, Robbie. That just opening score, that song at the very beginning of the movie that so hits good. when the oil hits. Just a banger. So good. Daniel Pemberton for Across the Spider-Verse. Every time yeah, I see live performances yeah. of this, I just need to see it for myself. Same, it's just so incredible. The guitar. Yeah, is it, looks, it looks amazing. Yeah, definitely. Oh no, Oppenheimer, Ludwig Gornson, so deserved. And the final nominee, Joe Hisaishi for The Boy and the Heron, which is one of my favorite scores of the year for sure. Like I said, this isn't in any alphabetical or anything, it's a random order. So I know I just get worried because, like, these are my big ones. That was my number two, I think. Boy and the Heron, yeah, I think it was good. And also, when I sent them to Mateo, I didn't put like our rankings of him for anything either, so he doesn't know what like is like the top score of these five or whatever. But I'm trying to see what I put for. The Boy and the Heron. Yeah, for me, that was number three for me. So, yeah, I really love that score. Now we're on to Best International Film. Again, I'll, I'll say this caveat once again, that this is the toughest category because so many things are not available in America, not available in the UK unless you went to the London Film Festival. Um, like Monster. Jo- People are going to be upset with Monster. If yeah, that. which I tried everything I could this whole week because I've been very resourceful, I'll say, to watch a lot of these Oscar movies that otherwise I wouldn't be able to see this year. And I tried for everything, believe me. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to be nominated for the Real Talk Awards, you got to send us those screeners so we can watch them. <laughs> send us your movie. <laughs> first, we'll watch them. first nominee, Anatomy of a Fall. Sandra Huller getting a lot of buzz for this one, but directed by Justine Trait. Is that an international film? Yeah, it's French. Yeah. I thought it was in English for some reason. 
there's a lot of English in it, but uh, it's, it's France. Is there a French production? All right. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. French production. Godzilla minus one. Yeah. The best international film. You're out of Japan. Perfect days. Wim Wenders yeah. latest film, which George rated very highly. And I'm going to be watching tonight. So I'm excited to be able to take that off to be able to see this. Shout out, Wim. Suzume best international film. Nominee. I forgot that on my thing. And I've seen it. And then you... the final one, I think we all kind of know the boy and the heron. So anatomy of a fall, Godzilla minus one perfect days. Suzume, the boy and the heron are the nominees. There's a lot that George and Seth both had that they nominated that just the rest of us just hadn't seen. Cause oh, when evil left. lurks, shit. When evil lurks was the one just on the outside looking in that just missed. Um, but overall, those are the nominees for best international film. Let's see. Yes. Okay. So next we got best animated film of the year, which cam, what do you think of this year on animation as a whole? Good year, bad year, mid year. Not great. Sure. Couple good ones here and there. I Two great ones. But I, I haven't. Um, I haven't seen a lot of people like Nomoa, Nomona. Nomona. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't yeah, seen so that. I think it's it's similar to comic book movies for this year, where it's it's. It, it was like huge a huge heavy hitters. I was like giving like uh, two and a halfs and threes in this because like there's only two yeah. two that I've seen. I'm that normally been, like, super hot. Like Pixar didn't have anything good. Like Elemental was so yeah. mid. Actually, I take that back. I liked Elemental, so I take that back. Maybe well, it's the first nominee. So hell yeah, shout out to Elemental. Like Pixar, Elemental. Pixar gets on the board with they Elemental. Something good. Next nominee, Nimona, which. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and watch it because I, I do think it's very good. It. Me and George were the ones kind of high on this one that pushed it to the voting. Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, an obvious one. There's one other obvious one on here as well. Suzume <laughs> as well. And then The Boy and the Heron. So Wow, no Dawn of the Nugget? Crazy. Dawn of the Nugget is just the one barely on the outside looking in. But Elemental, Nimona, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Suzume, and The Boy and the Heron. I didn't hate Elemental. I thought it was mid, but the other four I genuinely do really like. So if, if any of those win, I'd be be happy. But I think the boy in the hair and Spider-Man across Spider-Verse, the heaviest hitters there. But Nimona, don't sleep on Nimona. If you're listening to this and haven't seen it, go watch it so you can vote properly for the best animated film in yeah. the Real Talk Awards. Now for worst picture of the year. We got 10 nominees. My favorite category. <laughs> Cam's favorite category. We had a total of actually not as many as I thought. We had, wait, this might be my filtered down list, but our short list has 17 films on it. I think there was probably 30-ish or so combined between the four of us for our long list. But the first nominee for worst film of the year, worst picture, 65. Adam ah, Driver. Was you know, my number 10. It was not it, too bad. They just missed out on one. Not too bad. Yeah, Cam and me were the ones voting for that one. I hated it, obviously, a lot on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. So my my hatred for it got it, got it. It's nominations. So a shout out, shout out to you. Uh who who was it that? Lord Miller was that who made this movie? Shout out to you guys for getting into the worst picture, Ant Man and the yeah. Wasp: Quantum Mania. Which every yeah. time I say on TikTok, I hate. Wow. I can't say Wasp for the life of me. It's just such a hard word to say. Hard word. Sure. Saying Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania over and over just gets gets to be too fair. much. At midnight, shout yeah, out to Soup. Friend of the show. Was great in this. He yeah. really was. He really was he for 3.2 seconds. He did time. his TikTok review and he was amazing in it. Shout out Sammy J Reacts, another fan of the show or a friend of the show who was on an episode. He posted that tweet last night. He's like, rank the, the, yeah. the TikTokers featured the TikTok, in movies. Which, he posted a video. Or them, which yeah. good for them getting, getting spots in movies. Mm -hmm. Fast 10, Fast X. Nominated yeah, for yeah, worst picture of the year, which I had a lot of fun with. I did not, yeah, I'm not I, I do not it. approve of worst picture nominations. It's okay. Yeah, that was on mine. I yeah. that 
Five Nights at Freddy's yeah. made the nomination list. It's gonna ruffle some four. feathers, but Five Nights at Freddy's four. is the worst picture nominee. Bad movie. Flame and Hot. Yeah, fuck this film. Shit, yeah. terrible. Oh, man. Five of the year, terrible. Oh, garbage. George too. This one got three votes across the board. So, Flame and Hot making the worst picture. Ghosted. Yes. This is I one of those it. that from the second it was released, you could could predict it was gonna end up on the worst picture of the year list. Fuck Ghosted. The Haunted Man. Yeah, terrible. Massive film. flop. Awful. Not good whatsoever. Heart of Stone, Gal Gadot's blech, movie for Netflix, and Skinnamarink, yeah. rounding out the top ten. Oh, that, I feel bad for Skinnamarink. It made so it made hundred and thirty-five times its budget. Don't feel bad for this movie. That dude is real well, good for Skinner. I didn't even like it to be fair, but it, good it, for that. It film. was fifteen thousand dollars and made two million. So yeah, it, that. Did it make two million? That's kind of crazy. Yeah, Kyle yeah. Edward Ball's got a very bright future too in horror. Like I'm, he's yeah. gotten a lot of. I get it. It's 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 original. Doesn't mean it's good. I didn't love Skinnamarink. It's still not in my bottom probably thirty of the year. But that speaks was it, to more was it of the George and I bringing it down. Was it was George and I. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like my thirtieth worst movie of the year. Something like that. Maybe even higher. Honestly, maybe like fortieth. But that's just more speaks to all the shit I've watched this year. But these are the nominees. 65, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, At Midnight, Fast 10, Five Nights at Freddy's, Flamin' Hot, Ghosted, The Haunted Mansion, Heart of Stone, and Skinnamarink. Next category we have is Best Adapted Screenplay. And let me just pull I do some research on this. I always forget what's adapted and what's original. Yep, I, I definitely had to as well. Best Adapted Screenplay, first nominee, Eric yeah. Roth, Killers of the Flower Moon. Hell yeah. Uh, sorry, one second. Just getting my... Okay. Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer. Schloppenheimer. Tony McNamara, Poor Things. Sophia Coppola, Priscilla. And Andrew Kevin Walker for The Killer. No Ferrari? We were just bigging up so much. What are we doing here, boys? Ferrari Ferrari missed. Ferrari was what are we doing? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I think these are five great nominees. I think, I think, are, I think once you see Poor Things, Seth, you might, you might be on board. Yeah, but I'd have Ferrari over The Killer, Priscilla... Maybe Oppenheimer, not now, but I'd have him over two of them. I'd probably have seen I don't know if I would. Cam, have you seen Priscilla? Nope. I'm excited to watch it, though. Yeah, it's good. It's I know good. it's coming out on a max at some point, but Priscilla is like one of my favorites of the year. I'm very high on Priscilla. Best original screenplay Arthur Harari for Anatomy of a Fall. Should be Arthur Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wes Anderson, Asteroid City. Yeah. yeah. I made my short list. Sammy Birch, yeah, May December, yeah. Celine Song, Past Lives, yeah, yep. And David Hemmingson for The Holdovers. Hell yeah, my top uh, three. No Snubbed was Air, Tyler. I don't know if you had that on. Yeah, Air I, I ended up in ninth place. Uh, the ah. one just missing were The Boy and the Heron. Wow. And wait, yeah, Boy and the Heron, John Wick Chapter Four, which John Wick Chapter Four I think would technically be an adapted screenplay, but Air, Barbie. Which yeah, I guess Barbie's original screenplay, yeah. Iron Claw. I was the only one voting for that, but that's, that's way down on the list. But um, yeah. So did no one else vote for Knock at the Cabin? No, no Knock at the Cabin lovers for adapted. No, no Knock at the Cabin lovers. Um, yeah. Let's see, where was that oh, adapted? Yeah. No, that was that was below Godzilla minus one. Only me then. Only me then. So. Best original screenplay nominees were Anatomy of a Fall, Asteroid City, May December, Past Lives, and The Holdovers. Now we're on to Best Supporting Ooh. Actor of the Year. Getting into the meat and potatoes categories. Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer. Come on, Bob. Come on. Big, big win for Cameron. 
He was in my top three. Ryan Gosling for Barbie, which after well, rewatching it, I can't can't deny one of my really? so great. So he's awesome. He's so oh, I didn't love him. He's so good in it. Really, I think he's phenomenal. He's good. I, just, I wouldn't have him like. Oh, that's that's the boy right there, Charles. Tra- Melton. Yeah, he's he's Name. my favorite. Here, Charles Melton for May December. He's my number two. Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. You know, yeah. from from your hater to your ally, Mark Ruffalo getting nominated for Real Talk Award. And then Dominic Sessa for The Holdovers. Are oh, just four, 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 five. Those um, were my top five. I'm peak. I'm the man. <laughs> Matt yeah. Damon, Paul Mescal, Robert De Niro were the three that kind of just messed out. Um, George also gave a lot of love to Harry Melling, which for um, what the shit. That's my idiot. Am yeah. I an idiot? I had Matt Damon in the actor category. Uh, supporting actor, sure. you got some love I got, for I guess, Oppenheimer. Yeah, for, I had Oppenheimer. him for Wait, a, Tyler, what did I put down? I didn't get in. Did I not say anything else? For what? For supporting. Uh, Jacob Elordi. Oh, yeah. I had Jacob Elordi for Priscilla. I didn't really like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to say, isn't it? That makes sense. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best supporting actress. I will say, Seth, you voted um, Lily Gladstone for this. She's in the best actress category, so don't be surprised when you don't see Lily Gladstone on this. She's she's going for lead actresses. You're not supporting. Oh, it's too confusing. I don't fucking know. This yeah, no, but I just wanted to get a, get the cart ahead of the horse here so you didn't as feel like it was a stop. As long as she's there. Best supporting actresses. We have Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. Devine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. Rachel McAdams, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Hell yeah. Julianne Moore, May, December. And Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Did all of mine miss? I think I gave like, I didn't, I didn't know what I gave it you got Emily Blunt and Penelope Cruz were on yours. Then you had Scarlett Johansson, Vanessa Kirby. But who, yeah, you're, who did I have with that? Uh, I, I would need to pull up a separate sheet. I just have our short list here of what the ones that just missed the cut. But yeah, I can't remember what, what you're. Oh, your Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lily Gladstone moved her to actress. But Best Supporting Actress nominees, Emily Blunt, Devine Joy Randolph, Rachel McAdams, Julianne Moore, and Penelope Cruz. Oh, Penelope. Now we're on to the Best Director before we get into the Actor, Actress, and Best Picture. So Best Director, we have six nominees this year. First nominee we have is Wes Anderson, Asteroid City. Yes, what a boy. Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon. What a boy. Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer. Mid. Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things. Takashi Yamazaki, yeah. zero minus one, yeah. and Michael Mann, yes, the man. Our Love six, it. our six directors. Just in the cut is Celine Song, yeah, Bradley Yamazaki. Cooper, and Sofia Coppola. I was big on him. Oh, I think I got all of mine. Didn't I? Yeah, cool. Oh no, wait. Oh shit, no. Uh, no Celine King. Song is is a little. No Miyazaki. Though. That's sad. Oh no, Paul King. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Paul Celine King, Song. Snub. Yeah, she was a she was the seventh, so she just missed. Now on to Best Actor of the Year. We have six nominees. Give me Bradley dry. Cooper, Maestro, oh. made it in. Fuck this guy. Leonardo DiCaprio, Killers of the Flower Moon. Take it. Adam yeah. Driver, Ferrari. That's the boy. Zach Efron, The Iron Claw. Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer. And Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Hell yeah. That's Just missing the cut was Joaquin Phoenix. No, Matt Damon. And Matt Damon. Just yeah. missing the cut. And Andrew Scott was right on the outside too. And Timothy Chalamet. There's a lot of people tied just on the outside. There's a lot oh, of people yeah. close. I meant to put Jason Swartz. Did he get any votes? But I don't even think I put Did him. not, no. But he, oh, he's shit. great this year. He's great this I year. Yeah. So good. Two categories left. We have actress and then best picture. So best actress of the year. First nominee, Emma Stone, Poor Things. 
Lily Gladstone, Killers of Flower Moon. Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall. Greta Lee, Past Lives. Carrie Mulligan, yeah. Maestro. Best thing about the film. And Kaylee Spaney. Yeah. Love that one. Love this Great. category. I think it was like maybe the most stacked category this year. Just where was Natalie cut. Portman put in supporting or or actress? she was in best actress? Best she just actress. she Sad. just missed the cut for best actress. Dad. Um. So did Margot Robbie. Um. But yeah, those are kind of the big the big two. Great. Now onto our final category, the big category, best picture of the year. We have ten nominees, and we have three yes. films tied that just missed. Oh no, Wonk is going to be that. Best picture. Asteroid City. Yes. Godzilla minus one. Yep. Hell yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, number one. May, December. Yep. Oppenheimer. Yep. Past Lives. Yep. Spider Man Across Come the Spider Verse. Come on. This is my top 10. The Iron oh, Claw. I put it in just for fun. So, Fair enough. I'll the Holdover. And Wonka is yes! nominated. Yes, we are all wonking on the Real Talk podcast. We're wonking so hard right now. That just missed out. Where the fuck is Ferrari? Yep, that was just on the outside. Ferrari, Poor Things, which is crazy because Poor Things is nominated for, I think, like the most awards. Yes. But a missed picture. And then John Wick Chapter 4, The Killer. We're, we're just right on the outside looking in. But those are nominees for Best Picture. Asteroid City, Godzilla Minus One, Killers of Flower Moon, May, December, Oppenheimer, you, Past where? Lives, Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, The Iron Claw, The Holdovers, and Wonka. Tyler, where's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 fallen for you? I didn't put it in my Best Picture. I was like, I'm giving it enough love of for comic book movie, but it's in my Hell, top, man. In my top, in 10, top 10. Yeah, Yeah, it's getting love in other categories. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. It's in your top. I knew it was in your top 10. It I just did my top too. 10 to be bad. Uh, no, I, 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 I wanted to switch 10. things up a bit. That's awful. No respect. Um, Comic book movies still just absolutely. Hey, Spider-Man. You got well now. You got Spider-Verse. And I yeah. like Guardians of the Galaxy way more than Spider-Man. So Sad. Um, the for those keeping track at home or we're curious, the nomination count for movies, top oh, yeah. is Oppenheimer with 10 nominations. Then we have Killers of Flower Moon with eight. Poor Things getting seven, so it's kind of crazy that that didn't manage to make Best Picture with seven nominations. Asteroid City with six nominations. Yeah. Godzilla minus one and the holdovers at five. And then at four, we have a tie between Barbie, Ferrari, May, December, Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, The Killer, and Wonka. And then obviously, is, obviously three twos and ones for the rest. Why isn't Aaron smoked? What's our decision to leave this year? Is that Napoleon? Just I, I don't – well, that's not even like – No, because that's not that love. Decision to leave is my yeah, love. It's just you like in – I think it's the boy in the heron in terms of reception. We barely got the boy in the heron anything. I would yeah. say boy. In the yeah, it got it got three. So it got international, got uh, animated, and score. So you know, it got three. But Cam hasn't seen it yet. Right? Nope, I haven't seen it. I'll watch it soon because it's definitely somewhere. I'll watch it soon. It's out. Yeah. Overall, I think these nomination categories are really, really strong. Really excited to see the reaction to these and what the what the voting starts pouring under in. Protest now. <laughs> Tyler Best rigged. picture under protest by Cam because Tyler rigged, rigged by me. I it's mean, the I, whole I, award I, show, whole award show. Under I program. had my ballot done before I even got anything from you guys. And Seth obviously wasn't his in his top, and mine neither. And a lot of these had three votes at least from from I all of us. It. But there's a couple things that people need to start trying to see before these award shows. Seth, you got to try and get to the holdovers, and you're going to get to poor things. things. I won't see holdovers. Um, That's February, bro. It's it's on, oh yeah. Uh, it's on Peacock, so it's. Uh, I'll send it. I'll send you a link. Yeah, I can't use Peacock. I it, yeah, but that means it's everywhere. If it's on right. a streaming service, it's everywhere. You can find it on in HD. 
It's everywhere. Oh, wink, wink. Is it makes me sad though. I want to watch it on the big screen, man. You know. Yeah, I did have a good time in the theater. Cam, yeah, the big not, ones I'm for you is like the, the Iron Claw. I'm trying to think. What other uh, ones? That's the only one I I haven't seen. I'm going to see it today. The Iron Claw is oh, February as well. Great. I'll see yeah, Paul things that next one week. I don't know. That one I don't know if you can I'll see Paul things next week. And I'll so like A24 has tweeted so many things about the Iron Claw being like now in theaters everywhere and all the replies is like I've no, seen like the whole stuff. film in like clips and shit already. It's really annoying to be honest. Really? I'll, wow. I'll definitely go to that. Um, I'm sure you yeah, that, that, those are our nominations for this year. Phenomenal lineup of awards. 20 okay. categories. Again, voting links are in the description down below. And if you're a patron, you have a special link on the Patreon page. And I'll also put it in the Patreon exclusive Discord as well for you guys to submit your personal ballots. Um, but that, that's it for this episode. The big thing was the Real Talk Award nominations, and obviously we all talked Ferrari as well. Next week, we're going to do kind of the fun buffer week for because we have two weeks from now will be our award show. So next week will be kind of like a 2023 wrap-up slash look to 2024 because the only thing coming out this week is Night Swim and Society. This could, just do our, could just do like a top 15 films of 2023 next week. Yeah, I was thinking we like to keep it like spicy as opposed to just doing like rankings. I was thinking we could just do like a best act, like an actor draft, an actress draft, and a picture draft just to get like That's kind funny. of a lineup of five from each. And then um, have we're going to, of course, do our most anticipated films of 2024 draft once again so we can look back at that at the end of the year and see how we did. Oh, and then yeah. there was this one thing yeah. a patron recommended to me um, I'll, I'll grab his name for the next episode when I announce it, but kind of doing like like a fantasy box office, I think. Like we'll all draft like movies in terms of box office and see at the end of the year. And it'll be like weighted based on like, you know, a $200 million movie making $400 million would be similar yeah. to like a $10 million movie making $20 million. Um, but doing like a like a draft of like box office performances and we can kind of see who who makes the most money, quote unquote, at the end of the year. Based cool. on what we think we'll win at the box office. That should be fun. So next week, look forward to a whole like, Looking back at 2023, but also looking forward to 2024 show and then Real Talk Awards in two weeks from now. A real quick draft on Thursday will be best movie character names of all time. We just recently did best movie titles of all time. Now we'll go best movie character names of all time. And then on Friday, our real quick review is Swiss Army Man from the Daniels starring Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. Give a shout out to our executive producers. Again, make sure you check out the Patreon in the description down below. Couldn't do anything we're doing right now without all of you guys. But shout out to... Um, one second, just got to pull it up. Uh, pause. All right, shout out to Stefan Johnson, Sean Morales, Robert Leo Gislason, Roco 1.0, Reese David, Casper Lundberg, Josh Hines, Jordan Gag, Jimmy O'Connor, James Magos, Ferdinando Four, Dylan Chip, Dean Cotamanidis, Dakota Buckner, Connor, Con Connor Connaughton, Alexander Biscardi, and Adam Hudgens. That'll do it for Real Talk episode 68. We will see you on Thursday with our draft, and we'll see you next week with a fun little 2023-2024 special. Peace out.